What's up? It's Derek Gordon, and this is the Midnight Hustle Podcast, and I'm joined today by my brother. I'm not Jay. gonna fucking intro you. Thank you. Oh, thanks. So oh, give, give your I, own name. I, I am JV Unstoppable. JV Rosario, publisher <laughs> of Unstoppable Comics, based out of Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and and dude, you you know that originally I wasn't planning on doing like having guests on on, on Midnight Hustle because it's it's right. just it takes too much fucking you know a lot of shit like to book guests and to get them on it. Right. But I it figured worked. Got to work. But you're not a guest. You're my brother. So it's like, well, what do you do? All right, come on the show. We're, just, we're, we're, we're shooting the shit, man. But yeah, it's trying times, man. Because right now, you reminded me yesterday that you and I were supposed to be in in Texas this week. Yes, we were. Yeah. We were supposed to watch. We were supposed to be uh, watching the Rangers play Cleveland. Was it? This I think. Weekend? Yeah, I think so. I yeah, think man. So. Yeah. yeah. I've never so. seen Cleveland play live. So you've never seen Cleveland play live? No, the Indians, no, I've seen the Cleveland Browns play live when okay. they played uh, the Jets over here in the Meadowlands, but I've never uh, seen Cleveland play the Yankees. I've I've never heard that that expression before. I've never seen a particular team live. I'd like Really? Yeah, cuz it's it's more like, oh, I've never been to a baseball game, but I went. Who played? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, at this point, I've lost track of how many Yankee games I've went to, right? But, but not Maybe. one game was was against Cleveland. Not one was against Cleveland. Okay. No, no. A um, uh, few Boston games, a lot of Astro games, uh, because my friends, my friend Mario, our friend Mario, no. his uh, his uncle was one of the, he was a third base coach for the Astros for a while. So we uh, we got, I remember going to see them play the Yankees. What, what division are they in anyways? Are they in, they're in the American League? Or in they the back American League, the- yeah, yeah. See, never mind the fucking team that keeps switching between leagues. You know, I mean, I think that's their first switch, though. Unless you talk about when they were like the Ford Colt Forty Fives or whatever they were before they were Houston. Okay. Ah, uh, well, rusty soft days. Oh, but um, yeah, no, yeah, I went to uh, definitely went to a few Met games uh, because you know Shea was a lot quicker uh to get to than uh, Yankee Stadium was. Yeah, man. And, uh, I love the the fucking pint glass. Let me see that. Show that shit off. See Yo, boat drinks, boat drinks. And by the way, for people watching this video, um, that that's Jay's. And if you didn't hear before, Jay Rosario from Unstoppable Comics. Check it out, unstoppablecomics.com. You can pick up all the merch there, which we're going to talk about in a few. And then this is my bottle of Mick Ultra, um, who does not sponsor the show, right? But they could. So just you know, right. no, I like you know, it because you know they're a man's drink. Yo, man, that's how I say <laughs> slim. That's how what do you got the lime? You got the lime flavor? Is yeah, that, 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 that fucking um, the that's cactus. great. So some yeah, shit. Oh, the, oh, cactus. The cactus. Even lime. Great. Yo, you gotta, you gotta live a little risky sometimes. Oh, I can't say nothing. I'm what are you drinking? Milk? No, dude, this is peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter is, whiskey? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's amazing. Uh, Screwball, they don't sponsor the show, but um, they could. I highly recommend uh, Screwball peanut butter whiskey. Well, you know what? They should they should take out an ad in your comics, man. I wish they could. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody wants to take out an ad in our books, you know, we 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 print on a regular basis, quarterly, and uh, we send out stuff all over the world. So you can definitely reach uh, our audience. Yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, like I said, that's what I want to talk about because um, so so obviously we're in quarantine. I mean, yes. you know, we're stuck. Uh, twenty twenty, our lives have pretty much changed the way yes. we do everything the way people live yes. like that um and then so today i don't even know what today's date is it's like june the 10th i think june 10th or 11th or something like that oh, right? right so we're, we're the sixth month in the year we're halfway through it 
yeah. fucking life has changed. Yeah. Everything that we were looking forward to on, on a pop culture level has just been like carpet pulled out from under us. And they're like, yo, yeah. we're going to release that in 2021. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. But you look at everything that that's hit us between coronavirus, fucking killer bees, and now the protests and, and all this racial inequality and things going on. And like I said, I wasn't really looking to start doing interviews and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think for the sake of the show and the sake of the podcast, it's probably a good idea. I change it up a little bit, have different shit and, and, and people on for the format. Um, but I definitely want to talk to you because in these trying times, you have a product that pretty much is, is like, a, like, like a reflection of, of what the world that we're living in right now. You've got two products. Um, so as we said before, right. Jay Rosario, unstoppablecomics.com. But I want to talk about um, something I saw very powerful the other day that you posted out there. So okay. one, of, one of your superheroes that you can see right behind you, Shield of the Interceptor. Oh. Over here, on, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, well, pro probably one of your main event headliners right now, superheroes out there that you can give us a little yes. breakdown on. Yes. yes. What uh, I saw on Instagram, what I saw on Instagram was, like I said, we're going through some trying times with, with you know, racial inequality and protests and, and the killing of George Floyd, and I saw the interceptor down on one knee with his shield. And dude, that was one of the most powerful things that I've seen with, yeah. with everything that's going on now. So tell me a little bit about the Interceptor and tell me about what, why you, you, uh, you want to put that, that photo out there. Um, well, one of the inspirations for the Interceptor is, it's always been Captain America. And Captain America was, uh, he was a hero of the people, right? And you want to play off that archetype and this hero has those same qualities, right? He, he's a man of the people. Um, he was, he was bequeathed this shield, um, and his job is to, to he's a hero, right? Heroes are supposed to protect people. Um, a hero doesn't steal, a hero doesn't kill, a hero doesn't attack, right? A hero defends, a hero protects. And he's only one man with one shield. And unfortunately, he's realizing the pain of many heroes that they can't protect everyone. So that's, that's what, um, that's what that image is supposed to symbolize. You know, it's, it's the pain of a hero who's trying to protect as many people as he can, but he can't. It's funny because when I look at that image, man, I see the shield itself. And the shield is, is, yeah. is, is I don't want to say weapon of yeah. choice, but it's his gimmick. Right. But obviously he shields himself in battle mm -hmm. against his arch nemesis, against, you know, weapons yeah. that try to destroy him. Yes. But I feel yeah. like, like in that moment there, he was on one knee speaking to the people of what's happening today, but using that shield to block them from hatred, from inequality, from the police brutality and everything going on. And like I said, that, that image, and yo, you guys really got to need to check this out on Instagram. I think you might've posted on Twitter. J.O. dropped the handles in a few, but like I said, that image was very, very powerful. Um, but, but I think the big thing about Unstoppable Comics, you and I, I mean, dude, you've been running Unstoppable Comics for almost uh, a dozen years now. It's, what is it, 11 years, 12 years? 12 years. Yeah, 12 years. 12 years. And, and yeah, eight, 2008. Mm -hmm. the, the biggest thing that you said was that you started Unstoppable Comics because you didn't see enough diversity mm -hmm. in Marvel and DC and you go to a comic short store and we're both Puerto Ricans from Brooklyn, man. And you were like, yo, I don't right. see anybody that looks like me. So tell me a little bit right. about that because now the whole world is like, oh shit, we need a little more diversity. Well, like, motherfuckers, you're a little too late. But tell us why you started what you started. Um, for that very reason. I just, I just think that if I was somebody who's saying, you know, where are we on the page, then there must be others uh, saying the same thing. And there are going to be 
younger generations who are going to be reading these books, they need to see themselves without having to asking, where am I? So once I had a little, little pennies in my pocket, uh, I decided to put my money where my mouth was and uh, build up unstoppable companies. Where was your mouth? It was in a bad place. It was sipping on a drink, baby. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just wondering because you like, I put my money in my mouth because I'm like, well, you know, your mouth has been in some, some crazy places. Listen, listen, man. You do whatever you can to afford the capital to pay for your publishing empire, okay? Whatever you can, man. Even if it's, you know, doing a jig in the rain outside a, a wrestling match, right? Whatever you can for a few shekels. Yeah, you know what? It, again, racial inequality. You probably shouldn't be using the word jig these days, right? You should. <laughs> just, I thought. I thought. The I know. Was, no, I didn't. It's if it's, Irish. it's right. I was jig, right? Irish jig, right? But if you right, take it down south, and I say jig in the street out here in Florida, a lot of the fucking good old boys are like word where get the ropes. See, I didn't know that. I didn't no. know that. I'm sorry. I, I, I really am. Um. So if anybody's watching this, you know, I only mentioned in that, you know, the old, the, the happy stance. Oh, wow. I'm talking about putting my... Like, yeah, don't boycott my shit. Please don't boycott my shit. Yo, I, and, and let me just say something, all right? I'm saying that, that if, I, if I scream that out here in Tampa, Florida, and I start yelling jig in the street that the fucking rednecks will go crazy. Today, we had made custom signs that said, um, um, no justice, no peace. We are one people, and the ones with Black Lives Matter. Lori's out there, bam, 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 putting it in the grass, and all the fucking crackers out here, like, like, like they were like, oh yeah, close the door. We're gonna go over there and tear them down. That shit happens, bro. First of all, I'll shoot somebody in my property. Second of all, I will find their house and start tearing down their fucking Trump signs. I mean, again, not trying to talk politics here, but dude, it's ugly down here, man. These fucking rednecks, they don't like people like us. Sorry about that. Well, you didn't do it. No, I just, you know, I. Uh, the way the world has turned into, it's just a fucking mess, man. Yeah, but dude, we grew up in that. We grew up in Brooklyn. We grew up in police brutality. We grew up in, in stop and frisk in Giuliani era and in, in fucking, you know, they, they didn't want David Dinkins. We had our own, and, and where we grew up in Brooklyn, we had our own armed security guards that were fucking yeah. racist against us. I mean, and, yeah. you know. We've been living this our whole lives. I just made the mistake of coming all as fucking south as you can get and being with these idiots down here. I'm sorry about that. Um, speaking of the speaking of the guards that we had, remember the rumor that one of the guys was um, was uh, on a film with with Bruce Lee. You ever was that legit? Oh, wait, man, he used to train Bruce Lee way back in the day, right? Yeah. He was a quiet dude, man. I remember yeah. nobody. Met I don't remember his name at all. I just remember yeah. our glasses. Oh, uh, yeah. We used to call him Mr. Miyagi because he was like 80 years old, but still a security guard. But he, was, he used to tell like great stories about him and Bruce Lee. And really? Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back to you, man. Yeah. It's important because, like I said, Unstoppable Comics been around a dozen years. You, you want to bring diversity into the picture. You're bringing it. And, and um, a few years ago when Black Panther came out, and I'll be the first one to say it, that's a fucking mediocre movie at best. Not a great movie, great characters, um, but you know the black community was like, "Oh my god, best shit ever!" I'm like, Yo, "Slow down." Not the first comic book hero, you know. Right. Had Blade. We've had yeah, all Blade. African Americans on the. Yeah, you had Blade. Uh, Read our flick. You had mm -hmm. Meteor Man with Robert Townsend. Um, we tried to do. He tried to do the right thing. You know, they felt a little too tongue in cheek, a little too kitty. But you know what? Robert Townsend was somebody like us who 
um, he put his money where his mouth was, right? These were just above independent films and um, he was diversifying the playing field out there for people, you know? And Was he diversifying the playing field? Because I feel like when, when you look like at a Keenan Ivan Wayans movie. But they came up together. Him, um, what was it? Uh, Hollywood Shuffle. Remember Hollywood, Hollywood Shuffle? Shuffle? Yeah, yeah. Right? It was like an anthology flick. You know what? You, you mentioned the Waynes, and I had this conversation with somebody else the other day. And Keenan and Damon, those are my Waynes, mm -hmm. right? Um, SW1, uh, Sean Waynes. Oh, my God. I, he can't act for shit. Damn. You know? And, and Marlon, it's like they're the last two guys on YouTube. You know what I mean? You always know Bono, you know Edge, but you don't know who the other two guys are. No. Those are the Waynes. I, I, I don't know. Damon and Keenan Ivory. Those are the trailblazers, man. Those they are the ones who made your work. They are. They, they did. Are. A lot of nepotism in that family, man. That whole family got work out of it. So good. I know they did. But they the, did. Point, the point I was trying to make about their stuff, yeah. and, and not that there was anything wrong with it, because Tyler Perry does it now too, where where he's making yeah. films and making mm -hmm. content for the black community, but it's exclusively black, and you don't see the diversity there. It's just African Americans on screen, which is cool. No problem with that. But I feel like Meteor Man. Oh, not all as well. With Robert Townsend. Because, I mean, He's had, you know, he's had uh, Latino uh, people in his in his film, like Sofia Vergara. Um, so he, he, I guess, you know, he's open for talent. Um, I don't know the guy, but I know he was somebody who's sleeping in his car, and now he owns his own back lot in Atlanta, and he did that, you know, with his own blood, sweat, and tears, man. So you got to give the guy, you got to give him his fucking credit, man. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. But like, getting back to Black Panther, like I said, yeah. good movie. Solid yeah. characters. Love Michael B. Jordan. Love the things that he said at the end when he was dying. He was like, yo, just throw me back in the water. Give me a burial at sea so I can be back with the slaves that jumped off the ship. Loved all that stuff. Movie overall. It's all right. But I mean, right. how do you... It, it, was, it was more of a movement okay. than it was a, um, a good flick. And not a great... Excuse me. It was a good flick. It wasn't a great flick for me. Mm -hmm. And for me, one of the defining characteristics of a great flick is when the lead character is not overtaken by the supporting cast. Okay. Um, as good as the role was for Chadwick Boseman in this flick, I felt he was stronger in Civil War. And I felt um, the people that played uh, his sister, Shuri, mm -hmm. she was a highlight of the flick. I look forward to seeing her. Um, the guy who played uh, M'Baku. Um, oh, you know, he had Winston Duke. Dude, yeah. he, had, he had a lot of stuff. A lot of scene stealing moments. He was chewing it up. Um, what you call it? Uh, his girlfriend in the flick. Um, you know the one that he was in love with, and um, I just eh. he he didn't he didn't. Um, I don't I don't think he was the lead in that flick that he should have been. You know, um, Chadwick wasn't the lead. Yeah, yeah. He didn't like. All right. Uh, let's go back to, I, I mentioned Civil, not Civil War, um, Captain America Winter Soldier, right? As strong as the supporting characters were in that flick, Captain America still held the presence, right? Whenever he was on scene, you were looking at him. In Black Panther, whenever Chadwick Boseman was in the scene, I wasn't always focused on him. Why not? I felt the supporting cast was better. I really did. Than the leading man. Yeah. Unless he is, unless he was playing it, um, what's, the, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the phrase I'm looking for here. 
where where he was uh, he was taking the back seat for the others to get the shine in the flick. Unless he was doing that, okay, I get it. You know, but um, see, and my thing, and you mentioned it before, like like Black Panther was a movement movie, and I totally respect mm-hmm. that. But you can't blur the fucking lines if you're like, yo, this is one of the greatest, greatest movie of all time. It's going to get a Best Picture Oscar nomination, which it did. Yo, like, slow the fucking horses down. You have your movement. You have your moment. Chill the fuck out because, and again, I'm not saying it's a black film. The movie movie made bank. um, And the movie made bank because there was a lot of people who said, we need to see more of this. All right. And what about Wonder Wonder Woman? That that was a movement for females. That was. I, I wasn't a fan of the first Wonder Woman. When I first saw it, um, you know, when I watched it a, a second time, I'm like, okay, but still, still didn't do wonders for me. That, that movie's overrated as well. Another one, but again, it's it's the empowerment of having a female lead in the movie to have Wonder Woman have her own shine. And I'm just like, listen, there's a difference between saying thank you for giving me that, thank you for my daughter seeing that, thank you for my 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 right. son of color to see people like him on the screen. Yeah. I totally get that, and then I love that. But when you start looking creatively, you start saying, yo, that's the best picture. That's this. No more. Yo, slow the fuck down. Like, <laughs> you're taking it too far now. And I, Wonder Woman wasn't, wasn't all that. And I hope people don't think I'm a misogynist and I'm no, feeling bad. not either. Not that. Because, I mean, I really like salt. <laughs> I don't, I don't oh, know. Yeah, See, you, you didn't like salt? Nah. I like salt. You talking about the Angelina Jolie movie? Hell yeah. Yeah, nah, I'm good. What? Are you kidding me? No, I, I didn't like Atomic Blonde. I didn't like Lucy. I, I like. Uh, I didn't like Lucy. I liked Atomic Blonde. I really liked Atomic Blonde. I, really I liked Atomic Blonde. Blonde more than I like Soul. Okay. Um, I didn't like Lucy. Um, yeah, I, I would want Atomic Blonde at the top of those three. Uh, I, I, I was looking forward to um, Black Widow coming out. Me too. Bitch. Me too. Fucking hot, man. Are, are, are you um, looking forward to Black Widow because you want to see the Black Widow character in her own movie, or you want to see what happened in between right after Civil War, the continuity? Of I, want see, I want to see more of her. I'm, I'm upset that, you know, she died in the flick. Okay. Spoilers. You know, I think she's... Um, I want to see more of her, and I want to see, you know, that little corner of her universe. What, what comes out of there? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it going to be something like, you know, Fast and the Furious, where they do that Tokyo movie, but... And the way everything breaks down, it's actually uh-huh. flick number seven. Yeah, you know, um, because they love the way that the other characters played off in it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. Um, I like Scarlett Johansson. I just did not like Lucy. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. But I like the island. Okay. You saw the island. You didn't see the island. I, I said, oh, the Michael Bay movie, Ewan McGregor. Right. Lens, lens flares all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's just uh, okay. I mean, you know, my, Michael Bay, I used to love his style, and then his style became his style of style. And I was like, yo, dude, I've had enough. Just yeah. slow that shit down. But um, I, I want to talk about Unstoppable Comics again uh, for two reasons. One, um, let's, let's talk about your superheroes. Let's talk about the Storm Chasers. Let's talk about Shield of the Interceptor. Um, because you chose to create a company based on diversity, create characters um, of different colors, different races, different creeds, different... Uh, sexual orientation, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. do you feel, as a storyteller, as an owner, as a writer, that you have a responsibility to deliver a message, or do you feel like, yo, dude, let me just fucking live in my fantasy world and fucking create superhero stories? Stop telling me I gotta fucking deliver. I, I need responsibility now. That that's not what I do this for. Uh, I I don't want to say send a message, uh, but I do want to say 
you know, hold characters of color up to a certain standard, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, make sure that the ideals are hopefully in line with what I'd like to see in the world. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's obviously certain stories I cannot tell, right. As a, as a straight man in New York, a straight, uh, light skinned Spanish man mm-hmm. here in New York. There's certain stories I cannot tell. There are certain stories I can tell. Right. Um, there are so many stories that, that are, that I can only tell from my perspective. So as long as I'm being true to that, then um, I think everything's good to go. I mean, when you look at Shield of the Interceptor, he's an Afro-Brit, right? Based in Arthurian mythology. What does a Brooklyn boy really know about that? Uh, Nothing, but I have a love for it. And I do my research and I try to tell the best story I possibly can. No, and, and, and I get it, and I commend you for that. It's just like when you look at filmmakers, um, you have people who who feel like, like there's a social commentary that needs to be told. Okay. Or, I need to say this for a, certain, uh, for a certain audience or for a certain movement or for okay. a certain whatever the case is. And then you got other people like, yo, I'm just trying to fucking make movies. Like, I don't want to do a real job. I want to, I want to live in make-believe. Let me just right. fucking have fun. And, and sometimes... Well, did Apocalypto, did he have to hire... Uh, Authentic Aztecs for the flick? No. You know, um, the cast, they had Guatemalans, Ecuadorians, uh, Mm -hmm. Mexicans, El Salvadorians, right? And he was a white Australian man. But Apocalypto's a kick-ass fucking flick, man. But do you feel that with your characters, because you have so much diversity that you need to focus on a message of inclusion and acceptance and things of that nature? I think it's what works. Um, I think it's what, what I feel the need to fit in. See, the shield of the interceptor, um, you know, he's an Afro-Brit, not because I'm trying to play racial bingo. If you want to go back to the inspiration for it, back in the 80s, Captain America uh, had given up the shield for a little while. Mm -hmm. And he was known, these are for all the comic book fans out there. And he had a black costume and he was known as the captain. Later, the character became the U.S. agent. Um, But the person that became Captain America was a hero known as... John Walker, and he had a partner. His partner's name was Battlestar. Battlestar was a man, of a black man, right, who had one of the original looking triangle shields that Captain America used. And as a kid, that's as close as I can get to a Puerto Rican guy in a comic book, right? He looked like an uncle that I had. So, all right, I'm, I, I was, I was um, looking forward to seeing more of that character. And I followed that character when he was in another book called Silver Sable and the Wild Pick. And um, then when I started, you know, creating my cast of characters, everybody was based on something or mashed up with something. So when it came to Shield of the Interceptor, well, he was a mashup of the Interceptor and, and you know, King Arthur. Uh, he was, excuse me, the Interceptor was a mashup of Battlestar from way back when in um, that Captain America and King Arthur. So moving forward, because everything yeah. that's happening in the world right now, do you feel responsibility to include this racial tension, uh, the people versus authority, police brutality. Do you feel that you have to incorporate that in, in upcoming issues or stories with the Interceptor or your other people of color? Yeah. Heroes? I, can't, I can't avoid it, right? Um, but it won't be the focus of, of certain storylines. Uh, I got I got somebody working on an Interceptor story right now, an Interceptor miniseries. And unfortunately, that stuff had already been written and worked on prior to all of the stuff that's going on right now. Um, Again, this is one of the things I feel that 
it's not a story that I can personally tell from my perspective. So if there's a writer who comes along that I work with and he would like to take that concept or these, these uh, events, excuse me, and wrap them into a concept with Shield of the Interceptor and it's a, and it's a story that we can rock and roll with, then yeah, then we'll pull the trigger on that. But from my perspective, I don't think I can tell that exact reference point from, for that kind of story. All right. All right. Like I said, as a writer, as a man who's dealing with, with, with diversity, they may start looking at your product a little bit different because right. everything's going on. Hopefully, hopefully. You know, again, it's not to say that I won't mention it. It's not to say that it won't be, you know, within the, the happenings because it is a world event. But at the same time, I'm not mentioning events such as 9-11 in my books when other people do. Um, I'm not mentioning, you know, the coronavirus, COVID stuff in my stories. Uh, Which takes but, the next question. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, well, yeah, no, go that, ahead. Finish your thought. That was prior, that was prior to, to, uh, to this event coming out, right? Uh -huh. um, I don't know where you're going with that. But anyways, um, yeah, so look, I just want to tell good, entertaining stuff. I want to make people happy. Uh, I will not deny the fact that my stuff is pure escapism. You know, you're going to take 10, 15 minutes to read a book. And hopefully that book is something that I, that I made. And it gets you away for a little bit. Well, what's been the response to people who see the Unstoppable Comics superheroes? And, and like you said, you started this because when you would go to the comic store, you didn't see anybody that reminded you of yourself. Mm -hmm. Now you're creating a product with multiple children of color, adults of color, can see themselves yeah. in that. What's been the response? Um, good, positive, you know, uh, fortunately, whenever we go to a Comic-Con, we hear, oh, are you guys new? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Not motherfucker, I've been here 11 years. What are you talking, where the fuck have you been? You stupid motherfucker. You know, but, uh, <laughs> I still do the same book with three different covers and he talking <laughs> But you go through, <laughs> you go through the Facebook page and, uh, you know, the Unstoppable Comics Facebook page, and you can see all the people that buy our books. Uh -huh. You know, <laughs> people who've come back day after day. And okay. You make stuff like that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, talking about coronavirus, um, okay. a couple of years ago, you came up with a concept about a plague and how New right. York was the only survivors. And you see the poster right behind you, Statue of Liberty. Right. It, it kind of gives that vibe of Planet of the Apes, but yours is New York versus yeah. the world and the zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah. Where are we at with that? And, and how do you think that reflects what we're going through today with coronavirus? It freaked me out, dude. It freaked me out, right? So the idea behind New York versus the world was 15 years after the zombie apocalypse, uh, New York City is finally deciding to let refugees into the city. But how do they treat those people that are coming in? Can, can they be sure that they're, not, um, that they're not infected? And then you got another bunch of people that are saying, well, they didn't clean up the city the way we did, so they should not be offered the same benefits that we have. And originally, it was just a tale of, of xenophobia, another hot topic in the world today, and um, you know, with immigrants and refugees and stuff like that. So it's a story of telling the perspective from both sides, but wrapped in a zombie package, right? So that's that's these books here, one and two, and um, and. You know, the second issue came out right when... Uh, Who's the second issue written by? Oh, the second issue was written by me. 
Oh, but you, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is an inside story. We will discuss that another time. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, it, it's funny because people think that they, uh, they can cross mediums and writing a script for a movie is totally different than writing a script for a comic book. <laughs> Tell you the fucking story. <laughs> Tell the story, asshole. <laughs> no, fuck it. Go ahead. It's out there. All right. Uh, what the fuck say it? <laughs> Tell them exactly what the fuck happened with issue okay. two. Go ahead. So for, for the original issue two that yeah. took Derek almost a year to write, well, it took him a year to write because he wrote a 50-page script for a 24-page comic book. And he goes, hey, let's break it down. And I'm like, let's break it. <laughs> what that? We're lucky if we can use one line from each monologue, because it wasn't a blurb. It wasn't a, hey, how you doing? Every character in your story had a 20-minute monologue. Dude, it is not a Tarantino film. This is not Reservoir Dogs. They're not going to be sitting around a table for the first 25 minutes of a fucking movie, all right? Talking about a goddamn receipt. They're not. They can't. It's a comic book. You're lucky if you could put two lines of dialogue in one panel. You're lucky if you could put six panels of illustrations on one page. So that is 12 lines of dialogue that are gonna take away from how much illustrations. And for you, each person had 15 to 16 dialogue in each fucking moment. Hold Anyways. On. All right, time yeah. out. You asked me to, you like, oh, well, I'm right. working on this thing. I know. Elaborate. Oh, let me go further. Let me go further. Oh, no, right? please, please, go ahead. Yes. I can yes. prove yes. you wrong. Go ahead. So, <laughs> prove you wrong. You don't stand a chance. So, anyways, um, not <laughs> that beer went down hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, then it comes down to the point where you're like, all right, well, let's trim down the script. The first session that we had in trimming down your script took us over an hour for the phone call, and we didn't get past page five. Do you remember that? No. Do you remember? Oh. No, I don't remember. All I, I remember is, is the last call where you're like, hey, um, I made some changes. Basically, the only thing of yours that I left was the fight at the end. Because <laughs> like, there was no dialogue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> look, 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 when you used to write wrestling scripts, right, guess what? The wrestlers didn't talk. They just went into the ring and they beat the shit out of each other. No, I wrote promos for them. It's not my fault they're fucking illiterate. Dude, the <laughs> you wrote the promo for Lex Luger to get locked up in his shirt for 20 minutes? No, that, that was a freestyle. But yo, <laughs> you want to hear the funny thing about the wrestling promos? So when I used to write the wrestling uh, scripts, legit scripts, you know how when you go into a locker room, there's normally a board. It's like, all right, this person's fighting this person. Here's your time. Here's your agent. Here's who's going over, right? Yeah. Yo, I used to write like 20 page scripts. So there's 20 pieces of paper on the wall that has the matches, things I want to see in the match, the fucking backstage promos, the vignette, how basically the, the, the format on how it's going to look on DVD. Uh -huh. So motherfuckers are coming to the locker room and they're reading and reading and reading. Yo, shut the fuck up. So, <laughs> yo, so they're reading all over the place, dude. And I can imagine so that you were doing the same fucking thing. Oh my God. <laughs> so then, you know, it's funny because. Professional writers get notes. You were like, you're going to give me fucking notes? <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. You know, I'm like, dude, yeah, do what you want to do with it anyway. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the third issue. Yeah, but he's, so you fucking, you're like, yo, we got to collaborate. We got to do this. Write, write something. And, and I had yeah. been in a creative funk for a while. And I was like. Oh, so you, were, you weren't in a funk. 
you were in a deep dark hole, kid. I still am. I'm doing still whatever I could to bring you up. Yeah, you know, and I'm glad. Look, I'm glad I got the juices flowing that you were able to complete a 50 page script. Wow. Well, do you, you know, most hour long TV shows are 68 pages. So mm -hmm. you were right there. You know, you should have went a little bit further, buddy. Yeah. I, first of all, it didn't take me a year to write. It took me a year to start writing. <laughs> and then it took me two months to write it or less than, less than, <laughs> than two months. But I still wrote it. But when yeah. I wrote it, I was like, you had, when you sold me on New York versus the world and what it yeah. meant, like you said, you were talking yeah. before about immigration, that it was going to be a zombie, right. that we're going to ride the zombie right. wave a little bit because Walking Dead was popping at the time. And you were like, you know, take this idea where, where it's, it's not going to be one central character, but we're going to introduce you in every episode to characters. They'll pop the up on. Right. So you had given me a great opportunity to write one about a baseball player who was like, like the symbol of, of excellence in the city. Right. We'll and, leave it like that. Yeah, well, let's leave it like that for now. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and he met another celebrity who didn't do as well for himself. Uh, he was a boxer. And a couple of other little tidbits. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, how do I, I explain this as an introduction so that later on when, when you fucking meet them, you understand a little bit more about them. So I right. will have dialogue and conversations with these characters. Right. You right. fucking, and yeah. So the one where, where, where our baseball players talking to the mayor, yeah, that was a couple of pages long. But I felt that was the meat and potatoes of it until you got to the fucking fight, the right. finale. Right, but we didn't, we, uh, see, okay. I'm not putting the mayor in right now. Okay, so, you, so we don't need the mayor. So we don't need the mayor. Right. But, but when you tell me to write, and I'm a movie guy, you're a comic guy, I write right. the way people talk. I don't well, write fucking bubbles like, ooh, pow, oh no, you villain. That's just not for me. Oh yeah, they don't they don't do that. Let's 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 rehash this again, right? I am a writer, you are a cameraman, right? <laughs> I'm a writer as well. I shoot what I write. <laughs> you're a cinematographer, right? Um what you call it, but uh, this this, this little fucker just called me a cameraman. Yeah, where's the fucking end meeting button? <laughs> like, cameraman, how dare you? Oh fuck, you don't even pencil your own shit. Come on. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I doodle. <laughs> yeah, drink a little more of your peanut butter whiskey, motherfucker. <laughs> That's why there's no filter right now, right? Yeah, but look. Long story yeah. short. All okay. right. Is, is is that whatever whatever happened with episode i don't fuck episode i don't give a shit about that right whatever you do whatever episode, the fuck right, you no, want no. with it all this yeah. bottom line there's a great script out there that maybe somebody want to make one day anyway I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to show it all I wasn't it good though all right I, I, other than the fact that it didn't fit in your panels and your fucking bubbles it was still a good oh, story though right oh it's boring <laughs> i was so proud when i wrote that i and i, I handed it in. yo dude i was so happy Listen. I can't, I can't big say that shit on it. my first scripts were, they were shitty. Our first scripts were garbage. Mm -hmm. I will never deny that. You know, my current scripts, they're not, not going to win any kind of awards. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, right? It just, it just happened to fit a certain format. Let me flip it for a second, yeah. right? Let's say I was with you at an event and you brought me in as your cameraman, right? Uh -huh. I'm shooting what I shoot based on the way I do things. I'm only shooting 15 minutes of footage. And you're like, what the fuck is this? You're out there for five and a half fucking hours, right? I can't do nothing with 15 minutes worth of fucking footage. It's not even documentary material. I can't put it in a little clip on the DVD for bonus footage. There's nothing there. So it's the same thing. I don't understand your medium. You don't understand this one, but it's okay. 
I'm not hating for you. I'm not hating you for it. I'm not gonna bash you for it. You know, I'll bust your balls for it. No, you just wasted two two months of my fucking time, and then just like, I ain't gonna <laughs> use this. <laughs> you know what? Let okay. I'm gonna throw this. This is why I'm a writer because I'm gonna put this metaphor out there. What oh, is why you're a writer? <laughs> okay. You were in a deep dark hole. Yes. Right. Yes. And each page of your sixty page script, wow. right, was just one more rung on the ladder that helped you get out of that hole. You love that? I love that. You know why? Because I'm a writer, and I was able to spin that and make it nice and juicy for you. Oh, I didn't realize that a guy your size was a contortionist where you could suck your own dick. That's fucking awesome, dude. That's great. <laughs> no, keep giving yourself credit. I'll give you some mic time. I'll back up. <laughs> you got to get through high school somehow. <laughs> All right, back, back, back to your product. You yeah. to the world, man. Well, I see a whole lot of editing going on in this. No, fuck, no, dude. This is this is going on raw, just like this. I don't know. Oh, Listen. Listen, if I can't laugh at myself, then I can't get mad when somebody else laughs at me. So it don't matter. But um, New York versus the world, right? Yeah, so, again. So with COVID now and everything going yeah. on in the world and how it's changing, right. how we communicate with people, how, how we go outside, how we deal with the world, yeah. you feel, like I kind of mentioned before, with, with diversity, you feel like now you have to incorporate um, some of the things that are happening in COVID. Oh, 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 something yeah. totally different. I, I feel like maybe now is not the time to put out any zombie books based on a virus uh, uh, out of taste. It, when, you know? when you say out of taste, is it because potentially maybe some of your readers or some of your customers out there have well, uncomfortable. uncomfortable because they've been affected directly by COVID? 100%. Okay. Uh, you know, look, if you've gone to my Facebook page, if you've gone to the Insomnium Comics Facebook page, or the Instagram, uh, you'll see that there was somebody who was a fan of Unstoppable Comics who would come to this, who would come to the shows and, and hang out with us and, you know, constantly reach out and comment and help and, and spread the word about Unstoppable Comics. And we lost them. We lost them to the virus. And, you know, was he a great friend and somebody that, you know, hang out with and speak with to every night? No. But he was somebody I looked forward to seeing, you know, and he has a family and, um, you say you've lost customers to the virus. Friends. Friends. Okay. Friends. Okay. You know, I don't, I don't want to say customers. I, I, I hate saying that Ensemble Comics has customers. Man. It makes it feel so distant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Um, you come to any convention, when we had conventions, and you'll see, I, I'd spend 10, 15 minutes with everybody who came to the show. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they would have code words to try to get me to shut up and move on. <laughs> uh, to the next person I was waiting, you know, but I figured even if you spend two bucks on one of our books, then, you know, you're worth my time, man. And uh, even if you don't spend two bucks on our books, you're worth my time. Just come to the show and check us out. But, but you're saying that, that you're going to hold off production or, or, or writing stories on New York versus the world because you think it's in bad taste. But at the same time, sure. if you're still doing, I don't want to say shield the interceptor because just because he's black doesn't necessarily mean that's got to deal with police brutality. But maybe now is an opportunity for you to use your heroes and your storytelling abilities to provide hope to people who are dealing with diversity or with the COVID virus. That maybe it's something. That, hey, look, this is how we get through through it together. Okay, something strength. Okay. Now, listen, there's, there's, the heroes out there don't just wear fucking police uniforms and nurse outfits and stuff like that. There's other heroes out there who are lifting right. people up and then finding ways to make them, you know, right. sometimes. Yeah. So. You know, Absolutely right. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, uh, 
you know, there's, like I said, we got quite a few books in production for the next uh, five releases, actually. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are a small, we're a small business. We don't have a ton of fu uh, funds coming in on a regular basis mm -hmm. to put out stuff every week, you know, every other week, every month, every other month. Okay. We do things on a quarterly basis. So to have those five books in production right now, it takes a lot of time and a lot of resources based on the ways we're, we're doing things right now. So we're going to go along with that. And um, when the books come back to, to get lettered, because that's the final process. Uh, and if there's opportunities to mention some of the events and, and give our characters perspective on those events, yes, we will take those opportunities to do that. With everything going on, the fact that you're quarantined, does it give you more time to dedicate to telling stories or to write yeah, man. product? Oh yeah, man. Um, it's funny because when this all started, I was, I was just building outlines, building outlines, building outlines. And I dropped about maybe seven solid outlines and a few other ones that just weren't fully fleshed out. You know, they were just a framework. Uh, but from, from that point, you know, we've written, uh, three solid scripts from those outlines that I've done. And now I'm on the first draft on some of the other scripts, you know? Okay. It's there, man. One, one of your big things was uh, your, your yearly presence in New York Comic Con. You yeah. Safe doing that this year? Dude, I don't know what's gonna go on with that, man. Uh, there's a lot of big conventions after New York Comic Con, not as big as New York Comic Con, but, uh, they've already canceled. And these are some of the ones in November and December. So I don't know if you know BlizzCon based on the company Blizzard that does World of Warcraft, uh, Overwatch, you know, very popular video game. They also have the Wizard of the Coast trading cards that they were, you know, Magic, the gathering cards, which was prior to Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards, stuff like that. Um, so they do all of that. And they already canceled their convention. Mm -hmm. And then you got Rhode Island Comic Con, which is, which is the first big con after New York Comic Con in November. And they've already sent out notices that they have canceled. What about New York Comic Con? They haven't? They have not sent out notices. They keep sending out invoices. Um, but, you know. Here, here's the problem that I'm having, though, is that New York is a hot spot, but also the Javits <laughs> Center, where it's held, is, is used as, as a fucking medical center right now. It so was. It was. There's no longer uh, people that had the virus at the medical center, but how long is it going to take for them to decontaminate it? Right. Will it be ready in time? Mm -hmm. On top of that, um, will the convention have as many people going to it? Again, it was 250,000 people, right? <clears throat> They're not giving us a discount right now based on, hey, maybe we're going to have 10,000 people show up to the show. Of those 10,000 people, really, how many would spend money on Unstoppable Comics right now. Mm -hmm. So would it be in our best interest, right? Um, forget about, you know, the coughing, uh, social distancing. You know, you got money, cash, that's going from hand to hand. Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, 10, 15 times in a day, the same $20 bill is going around the, uh, mm -hmm. the sales floor, you know? Uh, so there, there could be transmission through that. If there's transmission through that, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so as, as a business owner who frequented Comic-Con for the last 12 years to 10, 11 years, whatever the case has been, you don't have that good feeling about participating this year. <clears throat> if it was just me, 
you know, I tie up my boots and that, and I'd shoot out there. But, you know, I got a team of people that go there. And I don't want to put them at risk. Yeah. I'm not going to force them to do something. And I can't function at such a big event without all of them. You know, you know, you were there when I first started. It was one to two people, you know, maybe three tops for the whole weekend. New York Comic Con, we got, you know, we got a crew of eight people at the booth. Um, and we need that. Yeah. We need that if we're going to hope to generate the the revenue um, to take care of more books. You know, New York Comic Con usually funds us for the next two or three books to, uh, to have production on. It's a big hit. It's a big hit. I'm hoping things work out, man. Obviously, the world ain't going to heal itself, but I'm hoping this doesn't really impact because you guys have been in such a fucking stride right now. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, 12 years is a long time, but you're really starting to find your footing now. And it's not easy. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, for everybody who doesn't know, I ran a comic book convention this past January in Brooklyn. And oh. one of the first, excuse me, one of the few comic book conventions to go off this year. That's right. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're probably yeah. a reason why that shit's spreading out in the outbreak in New York because you were drawing fucking tens of thousands of people and you infected them all by coming to your fucking uh, your Thanks. little gimmick. Thanks. Good job. Thanks, bud. Thanks. Yeah. That's why you stayed away. <laughs> you knew what was coming down the line. I'm just saying, dude. I mean, if you if you look at your body of work through Unstoppable Comics, again, don't forget to check out the website, unstoppablecomics.com. Cheap plug. Yeah. But um, Shield of the Interceptor, Diversity, Viruses. Do you call yourself a prophet? Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no. did, did, did you, like, go out there and, and start fucking, you know, start racial tension or, or start eating fucking bats just so that you can sell more books? Oh, man. I, you know what? I, I want to shoot you right now. I, really did. I just think it's fucking coincidence that you have that your only real titles and you're really focused on two things is exactly what's no. going on in the world right now. No. Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's like you started a fucking virus. It happens to be New York, the fucking place that, you know, the epicenter of the world right now, ground yeah. zero. And then you got Shield of the Innocent. Like, how the fuck do I sell more of these comics? Oh, you know what? Um, let's no, sell some fucking. <laughs> Just, uh, oh my God. I don't know, man. I mean, if there was a <laughs> time for you to capitalize on two things at once in one year when in, on your anniversary. Yeah, Thanks. I'm, Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm just calling it like I see it. Appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> What's your next wrestling show? I want to I want to go. Dude, I, the Die Hard died. You didn't hear? <laughs> he's done. I'm not oh, he's sure. gonna. He's going to die tonight. Okay. <laughs> he's going to die. I'm going to call your wife in about 20 minutes. All right. Listen, don't forget, yeah. people, check it out. UnstoppableComics.com. That's J.D. Rosario. He's not going anywhere. I'm just saying we're not going to talk comic books anymore right now, but thank you for that. Let's talk about real life, man. What the fuck? So, quarantine, what what, what you been doing with yourself, man? I, I know you're working. Um, uh, work, working, writing, working, writing. Uh, yeah. Trying to keep uh, family safe and um, reaching out, you know, checking on, uh, on people that I know may not be safe. You know, we got some friends that we share that. They have health issues and they are high risk. So we want to make sure they're good. Other than that, you know, yeah, watching movies, I've gone through everything on Netflix, Amazon, Disney, uh, Tubi, YouTube. Uh, that's that 10 minute shit, right? Like they, they give you a full up. No, that's Quibi. Oh, Quibi. Tubi, yeah, Tubi is like a YouTube 
Um, they got older movies, shows, oh, all right. stuff I... that Netflix doesn't want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I can't watch any of shit. I, I, I got like all the streaming services, dude. I don't watch it. The wife and kids watch yeah. shit. I'm lucky when I sit down in front of a TV, I gotta watch what they want to watch. It's very rare, but I, I've oh. been trying to catch up on shit, man. You know, you missed uh, you missed a great companion to the Mandalorian series. What's that? The uh, the behind the scenes uh, documentaries it's on my list. It's on my list. Oh man, dude! Uh, don't fuck but, it up for me. John Favreau is yeah. the man. Uh, I mean. From swingers to this, you know, he is, he's, I know it's Dave Filoni is pretty much going to be the, the Kevin Feige of the Star Wars universe, but I, I, John Favreau, it should be in his hands, man. Uh, Agree. And you'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see it. You'll see it. So, so I, I, again, I haven't watched it yet. Don't fuck it up. I don't need spoilers, but since uh, Filoni, Filoni, whatever the fuck his name is. Filoni. Filoni. That guy. Yes. Is Favreau still going to be involved as an executive producer and share his influence? Yeah. With what he well, it, 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 uh, from the documentary stuff, it almost seems like they're co-chairs okay. to what's going on. Um, Dave Filoni talks about his conversations with Lucas a lot. Okay. And it seems like um, Favreau is more of Kathleen Kennedy's right hand in, in a lot of things that are going on. So, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, if they're both, as long as both of them are involved, Star Wars got a great direction, man. You know, um, they had all the directors from the series there, and then they had another episode with all the special effects people. Then they had another episode, you know, showing their breakthrough technology, and you're just like, holy shit, um, dude! I just watched one episode with, you know, the the person who scored it, and you're like, okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm in. I, I was in for the other six episodes. Let me get this one. You know? Dude, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Mandalorian, I, I binged it in one day. One day. Yeah. My wife went out with the kids. She was, I was like, really? Oh, no, as a matter of fact, I think my son was here. Nico was here. But I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to catch this. But then what I didn't realize was like, one episode was like one hour. Then it was a half hour. Then it was 42. I was like, there's no consistency there. But I can knock this shit out in one day. Dude, I was blown away by it. Yeah. And, They've already wrapped production, season two. A lot of new cast members on there. You got Rosario Dawson. Um, That's my girl. I know, your girl. I know that you got the hots for her. I, your, wife, yeah. your wife's not around, is she? No, she don't. She, she don't mind. You, she, they'll make a JD sandwich, right? She said I can leave her for Rosario. Oh, she, you, you leave her? Just do throw her into the mix. No, 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 no. We can't do that. We you can't. can't. respect both of them. Yeah. Oh, you can't, you can't handle two at one time? I can't afford to at one time. You ain't got the confidence? <laughs> like, I can barely handle the first one. <laughs> I've already given her two minutes. in the fuck? You can find another two. <laughs> I'm trying to find my phone because I got your wife on speed dial. Yeah, okay. Keep going. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm popping for, for no, the... No, Rosario Dawson. Mm -hmm. um, you've got... Uh, Michael B. Timothy Ooh. Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant, you have, um, oh my God, the lady from uh, from uh, Battlestar Galactica. What's her name? No clue. Her, though. She's in it. Right. She's going to play the female um, Mandalorian, which is weird because, so I, I was trying to watch the Clone Wars, which was directed by Dave Filoni and written by Dave Filoni, most of the series. Okay. Um, and a lot of the facts a lot of the laws, the rules that were established in Mandalorian 
were like broken in Clone Wars, but that predated the Mandalorian. Like uh, everybody had their helmet off, and in Mandalorian, you know, if you take off your helmet, you're out of uh, you're out of the Creed, right? Right, right. So they had their helmets off all the time over there. Yeah, so, and then it's weird because they're bringing back uh, the guy, uh, Terra uh, Masu, whatever the fuck his name is, from Django Fett, from uh, Attack of the Clones. The clone, that guy. Tamora Morrison? That guy, yes. Yeah. I'm not yeah. good with names. Faces, I'm good with names, not so much. Yeah, I'm good with faces either. Um, <laughs> Tamora Morrison. That yeah. guy. So, now, so how do they do this? Because we've already revealed that it's Pedro Pascal under the Mandalorian hood. They're talking about bringing back Boba Fett, but now they're saying that Timothy Oliphant is going to be wearing Boba Fett's armor. So the speculation is that Boba Fett survived the Scarlet Pit, but somehow Timothy Oliphant, and there's a character, I guess, in the books. The books are a cartoon. Where I never read I, many like, books. I read the Timothy Zahn books. Okay. Uh, read the Dark Empire comics. I read some of the Young Jedi Academy stuff, but all that stuff got wiped out, right? And I remember in the books, Dengar. You remember the guy that had the the, the rapping? Yeah, man. So apparently he was the one that saved Boba from the Sonic Pit uh, after Jedi. Okay. So Boba wasn't di- digested. He was in there maybe a day or something like that. Okay. Um, and and Dengar was the one that pulled him out. But you know, it could be something as simple as um, what they did in Batman in the Dark Knight. Remember. Tim, um, Nolan had uh, he had people wearing the Batman costume mm-hmm. and they weren't Batman yeah. and then the real Batman came out and he was like what are you doing and they were like we're trying to help you and he was like uh, this is not what I do right so right that could be that kind of situation you know um, yeah, so we're above using themes that have been established before so I've been hearing that Timothy Oliphant might be some dude that, that's being a, uh, a bullshitter in Mandalorian armor okay. Old Red's okay. armor and then Terramasu oh. comes out of the pit, and no. he's on the hunt. That guy, he's on the hunt to get the fucking armor back. And okay. I guess it's going to set up season three where there may be a showdown between the Mandalorian and Boba Fett, which would be fucking money. I'm a big Timothy Oliphant fan. I don't know if you ever know Justified. That was an awesome show. That's the Western show he was doing. He was like a sheriff or something. Uh, he was a, a U.S. Marshal. Close enough. Present, present, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how you do your research. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I, know, I know it exists. Like I yeah. said, you know, I'm good with faces. He was wearing a cowboy hat and he had like a, like a, like a sheriff badge on, like, like fucking uh, Woody from Toy Story. He was, he was smart. That's what he looked like. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. I know anybody who's watching this is going to go back and say, oh, I know why Jay didn't use his script. Right? <laughs> and anybody who orders the books like, God damn, why the fuck didn't he let this guy write some more so <laughs> all right so all right what, what else have you been watching like like tell me what you what you've been binging what are some of your recommendations i'll tell you what i've been catching up on during oh uh, what i've been what have i been watching i saw extraction uh, so tell me about it. i want to see that is it worth it it's worth it it's worth it you know um chris hemsworth is great dude you know and he's, he's pretty good when he's not saying my hammer you know um so it's, it's great to see him out of character. But uh, it's a pretty decent flick, you know. Um, Do you ever get to see his movie 12 Strong? No. I, I caught bits and pieces of it. Yeah. I, 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 watch. 
I'm wondering how he holds up as a leading man without the hammer. Right. Well, dude, when he's not the leading man, if you saw him in vacation, he's still never seen. Of course. Dude, he was you know? awesome in, in uh, Bad Times of the El Royale. Oh, he was great in Bad Times, dude. Yeah. It, he it was, was the only good thing about the Ghostbusters movie. Was just gonna, you literally took the fucking words right out of my mouth. The only good thing about the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, he also had Black Hat. <laughs> dude, I love Michael Mann. I couldn't get through the first fucking 10 I know you love Michael Mann. I know. I know. Yeah, you love yeah, I know. Michael. I get my camera shots that way, and I write like that for your fucking, you know, your <laughs> comics. Fuck. Anyway. So anyway, yeah, man. Exactly the scripts for the comic book would say, pen left. <laughs> for what camera? <laughs> Yo, side note, like, for the big finale on that fucking script that I wrote, I actually put in photos. <laughs> I put in photos so that, that would, so that Jay's artist would know exactly how to draw that fight scene. I, I even changed those. But anyways, um, so, <laughs> I'm better with you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, what you call it? How do how did I incorporate Wake Bog to the horse in Yankee Stadium? You know, hey, but uh, you can't. <laughs> um, what else? What else did we see? Um, if it's not that memorable, then I, I don't, we saw Bloodshot, Blood Shit, Vin Diesel um, movie. Oh. oh my God! Stop, Vin. Vin, just stop making movies. Yeah, I was I was telling Lori the other day. If you look at Vin Diesel's body of work. He's yeah. only got one decent movie outside of Dominic Toretto. Uh-huh. And, and even and those movies are turning to shit, too. But I mean, like... Boiler Room? Who? Boiler I don't even room? count that one. Eh, he, like, he wasn't the focal point. He, you know... Knock around, guys? Nah, not even that. No? The first pitch block? No. I don't like any of those movies. Oh, okay. Uh, you ever see A Man Apart? No. Good flick. That's the only movie worth watching where he's not in the fast car. I saw Witch Hunter. Yeah, fuck that. Not not yeah. not doing. I saw it. Babylon AD. Nope. Yeah. What else? He was you in got? a fast car for that one. Yeah. You got what? He was in a fast car for that one. Yeah, dude. But look at the movies that he's chosen. Those movies fucking suck, man. And yeah. I don't I don't like shitting on movies because because people can easily turn around like, well, where's your fucking movie? <laughs> well, you know. I all the time. I'm <laughs> just saying. I'm I'm not. I, I'm trying not to say that right now. I'm not interested. I can say that to you about your books because I know that I wrote something fucking awesome for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Book. Wait. <laughs> Book. Hold on. Book. Right. FYI for the fans out there, it's the same story, just different covers. Right. <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on. You know when WWE fucking takes the same John Cena action figure and they just put a new box and call it SummerSlam instead of fucking WrestleMania? That's what takes us. Book. Look, oh my god! Oh my god! He's like, I'm gonna take these five issues and put into one issue, and they're gonna. All, all of these make up. Look at that! Look at the look at the spine on this. That makes up, um, you know, your your uh, your omnibus of a uh, movie collection, right? Your criterion. Hey, yeah. is what it is, man. You know, fuck it. What I want to do. <laughs> anyway, um, no. What else? What else? Is, we were gonna watch Artemis Fowl. Uh, I don't know. Oh, dude, yeah. you you really watch anything, huh? Dude, it's a quarantine. There's nothing on fucking TV. Oh, you know what we did watch? I'm sorry. The season finale was this past Wednesday. And for anybody who's not watching what we do in the shadows, you are missing out. I I have not watched a TV show. Dude, it's The Office, but with vampires. It's the movie. Take it to the next level. Vampires here in Staten Island. Um, 
that, 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 that's the best summary I've ever heard is the office with vampires. That's exactly what it is. I was calling it this is spinal tap of vampires, but the office, yeah. Right, but they're all they're all mockumentaries. Yeah. They all come so you can't you can't deny that at all. Okay. Um, but it's just it's funny, man. It's fucking funny. And you know, you had Taika and Jermaine Clement in the first season, and then you had uh Jermaine pop up in season two. Um <clears throat> dude, what we do in the shadows, solid, 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 solid show. Dude, that's that's I, I gotta catch it. You know what my problem is, man, is is that um I don't have the time to dedicate to TV. That's a yeah. lot of ass. Like, I like a movie. I can sit down. Here's two hours of my time, yeah. maybe three, in and get the fuck out. When you're like, yo, there's 13 episodes. That's 13 hours I got to go find time for. I don't, I don't have no, that. No, no, no. 10 episodes, half hour each. I don't have five. 10 hours. I'm, I know. I know. You're busy. You're busy on set all the time. I get yeah, it. Yeah, that's what it is. You can't tell. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I right. did find nine hours, though. I found nine hours and sat down and watched Watchmen and told oh. me about something that people should be watching for what's going on in the world right now. Dude, Holy Peter God. King is fucking awesome. Yeah. I don't care. Okay, you know what we were talking about? We were talking about female leads. Mm -hmm. Regina King held down that series. We were talking about how Chadwick Boseman just let everybody else chew up the scenery around him? Mm -hmm. No, not Regina King. No matter what scene Regina King was in, she was the focal point in every scene she was in. She was that show. Yo, but let me tell you something, man, because I never read the Watchmen comics. Again, uh, not a comic guy, but I did go see the Zack Snyder film because I was like, all right, that looks pretty interesting, <laughs> cool, stylistic and stuff like that. Might be something I can get into. Walked out of that movie like I want my fucking time back. Um, didn't didn't get it. Didn't really understand it. Right. And not was, a lot of people. I was afraid with the TV show. I thought it was gonna be more of the same shit, just modernized. And then when I got it, I was like, wait a minute. These the characters from that movie, the characters from the fucking comic book, the smiley face with the blood dripping down it, not a part of this. Although it is a part of it. It's it's canon. It's shit that happened. But it showed up. It showed up. That showed up in the very first episode. It just wasn't a smiley face. No, so it, was, it was a badge. No, not just that. Before that, what? when she was in the classroom teaching the kids how to make cookies, mm -hmm. right? Oh, right. thanks. Yeah, yeah. Dude, there was so many Easter eggs on there that gave a knock to the original source material. Brilliantly done. And the way they modernized, the way they used actual factual events from history to tell that story, the way that they gave nod to other comic books. We talked about it yesterday, about the whole Superman thing. Dude, yeah. UT, I mean, work of genius. And the way that ended, I pray to God that they don't bring a season two. I don't want, I don't want a season two. The way it ended is the way it needed to be. It's, you can't top it. Dude, I mean, spoilers out there. I mean, I, I was watching it with Lori. I said, I was like, yo, let's check this show out. We got into, we were hooked from the first episode. Yeah. The last episode, I was like, yo, she needs to drink that fucking egg because they keep talking about flashing back to their first stage. She's like, oh, so you can put all your power in here and I can walk on water. I was like, she needs to go to the fucking pool, take that egg, down that egg, and the minute she goes to put her fucking foot on the water, fade to black. The same way they did in Inception. In, what, what's it called? Inception. I was going to call it Inception. Inception, where he spun the fucking thing. You don't know yeah. if it's a dream or reality. I don't want to know if she got the powers or not. Leave it to your imagination. You don't need to. That's a different story. That's why. Oh, so yeah. It was like Liam Neeson's ending in the gray. Like, you don't know if he won the fight with the wolves. You just I never saw it. Was gonna happen. Oh, my God, dude. That movie's a fucking masterpiece. Oh, yeah? 
that, that's your next favorite movie. Check that out when you get a chance okay. to. Brilliant movie. Okay. All right, I'll check it out. I don't know. I, I think I need to reevaluate my top five. What do you I mean? haven't seen it for a long time. You know, my top five had, had movies like the first Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire one. Ooh. It had uh, Empire in there. Oh. It had Superman 2. It had Jurassic Park. Um, and it had Wedding Crashers. That was my top five. But it's like, eh, eh. You know, I, uh-huh. I, I can't have, I don't have an ultimate top five that supersedes genre whatsoever. But uh, that's, that's the thing, dude. Your, your top five shouldn't. So here's, here's my perspective is that your top five shouldn't change because it's like when that's on TV, the world stops and it right. draws you to it. Or when, when you're needed, like it, it's, it's just there. It's a part of you. Right. Um, but you may come across a new movie where it's just like, wow, that, like fucking Endgame. Endgame, not in my top five. Maybe my right. top ten. Dude, that movie's brilliant. I know, but it's like, long like a motherfucker. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why. All right. If it's on TV, I'm like, are they close to the end? But, but dude, it's, it's like um, there's some movies that may come out, like Joker, man. Joker, I look at the Joker, yeah, and I'm like, that's the movie I would have made. Right. There's any movie that was like that, the gray, and there's a, couple, a handful of others. I'm like, if there's a movie that I was going to ever make, if you could just jump in my mind, steal out my ideas and, and my vision, that's how I would have done it. Those are movies like that. Yeah, Joker didn't do for me. Whoa, what? What the yeah. fuck? Hold up. I, it's, it's fucking June. This came out in October. How do we not have this discussion yet? Uh, we did. What do you mean Joker didn't do it for you? What the fuck is wrong there, with you? There was one scene in the Joker which I laughed at longer than I should. What, what scene? Because it was so uncomfortable. But it was fucking funny as shit. Uh, when the little person tried to get out and he couldn't reach the lock. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was shitting in his pants and he couldn't reach that fucking chain. But then the Joker goes over and he's like, you know, he takes it off. Him. Um, that was dark fucking humor, man. That was fucked up. That was fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, that shit was funny. Though. <laughs> See, I go to a movie to be entertained. I want to be entertained in a flick. If I'm not happy coming out of flick, it doesn't work for me. I remember one time you went to a movie and you called me up while walking out of the movie. Warrior. Yeah, I know. I was drinking. <laughs> drank that. I drank that night. I was in a bad relationship. Okay. Yo, you uh, came out and you put that over. Tom like, Hardy. Tom Hardy. Nick Nolte. Come on. I know. Nah. I know. Nah. I know. Look, you're going to put Tom Hardy's Capone over. I know. No, actually, it's it's on my list of things I'm going to be watching soon. Okay. I Have see. you seen it? No. Or will you see it? No. Is it because it looks like shit? Because Tom Hart is playing Capone? Or because it was directed by Josh Trank? Already know Trank directed it, but now I'm definitely not going to watch it. <laughs> Did you get to see his Fantastic Four film? Uh, about 30 seconds of it. That's it? 30 seconds? But then I wasn't a fan of Chronicle either. I don't care. Chronicle wasn't bad, man. Chronicle wasn't, it was an original concept. Yeah, I was a fan. As a superhero guy who... I, I'd mean, rather watch Brightburn than watch Chronicle. Dude, Brightburn was genius, man. Yeah. yeah. Good fucking movie. Brightburn is dark, man. Nobody talks about that movie, man. No. No. We no. don't. Good flick, man. Good flick. That's, that's good filmmaking right there. James, I think James Gunn, dude. I like that that uh, 
his oh my god i can't find i can't remember the name of it but where everybody was locked in the office building which one he did a movie kind of like purge what is that that's not what what genre does purge fall into it's not horror it's not suspense wait you talking about like the belco experiment the belco experiment oh, there that we go. <laughs> yo fuck out of here on paper, it might have been a decent concept. In execution, yeah, not so much. Listen, any flick that Tony Goldwyn dies in is a good flick, bro. <laughs> Why do you say that? I guess you're a big Ghost. Fan of Ghost. <laughs> Ghost, The Sixth Day. Uh, what else was he in? He was in something else. He was in a bunch of stuff. But you're saying but, that as long as he dies in the movie? It's a good flick. All right. It's like Sean Bean. If Sean Bean is in a flick and he doesn't die, it's a bad flick. Dude, Sean Bean has one fucking face and he plays the same character in every movie. Yes. He has no range. Good actor, but no range. Right. Very intense. Oh, he does. Of course he does. Did you watch The Martian? Yeah. Was he in that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, his his acting was so good, I forgot about it. I didn't notice. What did he play? National? He didn't die. He didn't die. That's oh, the problem. That's know. the problem. No, he was part of the the support crew stuff like that. I don't remember yeah. any of that shit. Yeah. You you know what what I said about the Martian? The same thing I said about Castaway. Fuck this movie, because when you watch Castaway with Tom Hanks, yeah, the opening credits. You're panning yeah. around his house, and you see that he was a Cub Scout leader or a Boy Scout leader, that yeah. he was an adventurer, that he was an outdoorsman. Yo, if it was yeah. you and me, that movie would have been fucking five minutes long. Oh, it'd be dead. Okay? So the fact that of all the astronauts, the botanist is the one that gets left behind, the only one that can fucking plant food on, on, on a fucking on, on a planet that has no water. The only, had it been one of the other dudes, one of the right. engineers, movie would have been five minutes long. Get right. Michael Pena. Michael Payne is not surviving on his own. Yeah, it's not happening, bro. Right, 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 right. right he was right. in that movie, too. <laughs> You're the movie guy. And Yo, I, it, just, it just didn't grab me. Like, I saw it, and I was like, all right, saw it. Not bad. Won't watch it again. All right, yeah. You know what I saw? Parasite. How was it? Uh, interesting. I had I had watched it for two reasons. One, because it's fucking basically swept the Oscars and won Best Picture, um, Best Director, Best Everything, except for the acting categories. But then I, I started hearing like like um, like people's recommendations. Like Barack Obama was like, "This is an impactful movie," and then I was like, "Oh, all right, well, Barack okay. Obama's putting it over. Let me go check this movie out." And I went in with his fucking recommendation ringing in my ear, and I was pleasantly surprised. Good movie, not Best Picture. Good movie, Best foreign film but not best picture decent movie but it's funny because i didn't know that the guy who directed parasite uh bo jong jing chow whatever the fuck his name is uh, it's close. it was close and i'm not being racist but his name is boon jong boon jong chow or some shit like that what what's his name then motherfucker if i pull it up and it's boon jong uh cho it's the same shit chow with with no Find his fucking name while I fucking make my point, all right? Make your point. Director Parasite. <clears throat> so I saw the movie. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, holy shit. I said, this movie wasn't that bad. Not best picture. Best picture should have been 1917 or Joker. Then I watched the fucking movie, and I'm like, wow. So as immediately as, as I shut the movie off, I'm flipping channels. And they're like, oh, um, 
new movie, uh, new TV show uh, about to debut, Snowpiercer. I was like, oh, shit, Jay's always telling me about Snowpiercer. I got to check that out. Little did I know that the same guy directed Snowpiercer. I was like, oh, fuck it. You know what? I have confidence in him right now. Let me go check it out. Did not enjoy Snowpiercer at all. Okay. Because um, there was a big problem with Snowpiercer. First, give me this motherfucker's name. Okay. His name is Bong Joon-ho. I was close enough. We're nowhere near close. I said Bong Joon some shit. No. Cho. Bong Joon-ho. You called him a hoe. I said chow. That's fucking closer to whatever the fuck. And I had the Bong Joon close enough. So, fuck me if I got the last name wrong. Fucking. Anyways, it was a Harvey Weinstein flick. um, And he tried to bury the flick because the director wanted final cut and Harvey Weinstein was trying to cut it on his own. All right, but what does that have to do with the quality of the movie that was released? It still was. It's still an overhyped movie. I I, I don't understand the fascination that everybody. The same, way, the same way you don't understand the fascination is the same way people don't understand the fascination with Flash Gordon from the nineteen eighties. There is no fascination. Either you grew up on it or you didn't. Right, right. You can't watch it today and be like, "Oh, this is a great flick." You want to. When I watch it, I go back to 1981, and six-year-old Derek is like, yo, this is my shit. <laughs> but, but somebody watching it today, I'm like, yo, let's sit down and watch Flash Gordon. They've never seen it before. We're like, what the fuck am I watching right, right. now? Right. right. For me, it holds a special place. Yeah, that's all it is. That's all it is. So you're telling me that they should remake Flash Gordon and make it better? Give it They've the tried to. They've tried to, and they have not succeeded. Never they tried to do a TV show on Sci-Fi Channel. Really? Uh, the early 2000s, yeah. Okay, did not know about yeah, it. Yeah, did not, did not work at all. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you cannot remake that flick. There's an appeal to British science fiction that carried that flick through the years, man. Did, did you see the documentary uh, that they made about Sam Jones? Being no, his son Sam made it about him. How is it? Life after Flash. I haven't seen it yet, but they're releasing a 4K. Uh, what is it? A 4K box set, and if you get the box set, that's going to be a part of it. So I, I, I definitely want to catch that. Oh, nice. Okay. Because Sam Jones had a resurgence after the Ted movies. I know. I didn't know that was in his voice in the movie. I didn't. I had no idea either. <laughs> and they don't even know who did the voice anymore. Yo, but I'm starting to think that I think the first time I jerked off was to Melody Anderson. It might have been. I was only like six, but I was like, "Yo, this is an erection. I'm digging it." Yo, you can't tell me she wasn't hot. No, Ming's daughter was hot. Yeah. Oh, yes, she was. Yes, she fucked. I might have jerked off twice. Yeah. So, uh, dude, I was a kid. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't. I didn't. So you jerked off to Flash Gordon. I got you. Oh, at six years old, you, you, there's no jizz. It's like puppy water. It's just like, right. whatever. So it's just, you're good. But, but you jerked off to Flash Gordon. I jerked off to the girls in Flash Gordon, not to Flash Gordon. I may believe that my name was Flash Gordon because my name's Gordon. So I was like, yo, that's the kind of pussy I'm going to get when I get older. You jerked off to Flash Gordon. I jerked off to the movie Flash Gordon when the girls were on screen, imagining I was Flash Gordon. And that when I got older, because my name was still be Gordon, I'd be pulling in pussy just like that. So you thought you were on screen and you tried to come on yourself. 
tried to fucking nut on the chicks that were in Flash Gordon. <laughs> so yeah. it's just like, there may have been some streaks on my TV. Yeah. And yeah, whatever. Next topic, dude. <laughs> so, yo, Snowpiercer, fuck that movie. I don't know what you're recommending. And you know what, dude? Seriously, I got to stop taking your recommendations because outside of Snowpiercer, I also tried to watch Rock and Roller the other night. Okay. Not, not so much. Um, I told, We went over this conversation, and Rock and Roller is... Not the best Guy Ritchie flick, but it's not the worst either. I think uh, Rock and Roller is the second best Guy Ritchie flick. All right, Snatch is obviously number one in my book. 100%. Okay, so we agree on that. Yes. Um, but if you, if you look at his catalog of work, it's like, eh, you know, like Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, I think it's a little overrated. But yes. that's his clerks. That, that's the one who's like, yo, I'm Guy Ritchie. You like my shit? Give me some more money, and I can put Brad Pitt in this. Right. Rock and Roller? Yo, phenomenal cast, just underused. I didn't like the story, dude. It's just, eh, I wasn't it was feeling story, it. It was the same story as Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. We have to get a thing back. Somebody else has it. How do you build a heist around that? You know what we go? Did you see The Gentleman? I did not see The Gentleman. Better than, than fucking Rock and Roller. Okay. Yeah, that's my recommendation for you. Check that out. Come back and report to me. You got it. How many pages? <laughs> <laughs> dude i'm not gonna read any fucking report the same way i don't read your comics <laughs> okay you don't have to it's the same way i don't watch your movies <laughs> <laughs> what movie <laughs> there you go there you go buddy <laughs> all right here's what i did watch uh i watched ready or not did you see that one i did i liked it you liked it i liked it it was cute it was very tongue-in-cheek yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it was good that it was short. It didn't take itself seriously. Yep. And yep. the ending was like, oh, all right. Because yeah. how, how else would you end it? It's like <laughs> Knives Out is on one end of the spectrum and Ready or Not is on the other. See, I, I, don't, I don't even think that, that they're blood related that way because I think Knives mm -hmm. Out is more like Clue. Um, and Knives Out, good movie, phenomenal cast dug it like ryan giant uh, ryan johnson style but um it's not a movie that, that i want to revisit once you know the spoiler and you know the punchline i don't have to see that movie again and then I, I, I didn't think that the build-up was enough for me to want to revisit that again except for, it's I, funny i, I, I want to go back and watch it for hit that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see her knock and knock knock Ooh. yeah um go Go, going back to revisiting something, right? Knowing the ending of Watchmen, you can rewatch Watchmen, the series, mm -hmm. and it takes a totally different context. Um, for anybody who's watched it before, the scene where Regina King is in the mausoleum with Gene Smart mm -hmm. plays totally different once you know what the ending is. Mm, okay. Okay. You know, it's not. It's not uh, uh, local cop or vigilante versus federal agent, mm -hmm. former vigilante. It's my husband, your ex-boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. But you don't know that until the end of the flick. Right, the the right. So there's certain things you can watch again. And I think that's one of the things that is appealing about Watchmen. You can watch it twice. Yo, dude, put on your chapstick. Let's blow this, this fucking series a little bit more. Because, yo... First of all, each standalone episode, or each episode could be a standalone. 
when yes. when they're going back and they're talking about uh, hooded justice and they're doing the black and white showing uh, that was awesome. Reese. That was awesome. Wow, when yeah. fucking Regina is living through his pills. Yes, fucking tremendous. Yes. When they do that, that once that, that episode that we talked about, uh, a god walks into a bar. I mean, yeah. tremendous. And and you go back, like I'm saying, you can go back and watch that and pick up new things now that you know the spoilers, but you can appreciate it more and tie it together because you're like, all right, so this. Oh, is, oh my god, yeah, yeah, hell yeah. You know, uh, um, you didn't think I was gonna like that. Shit. You didn't even think I was gonna watch it. Fuck. I didn't think you were gonna watch it at all. I really didn't. You know, seeing a resurgence with Don Johnson again. Um, I was so disappointed have, that he was only in for one episode, man. But having the villains cut to the chase, you know, it's no long, drawn-out monologue. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, oh, all right, you're here, you're in the chair, and we're sending you out. You know, you're gone for a few episodes. Yeah. It's, you know? it's kind of like, did you get to see um, The Outsider? No. HBO series based on Stephen King with Jason Bateman. Same thing that happened. I love Jason Bateman. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I, I, dude, I'm a big fan of Ozarks. Love season. Love Ozarks. Oh, dude, Ozarks is my shit, bro. Did I tell you that uh, Felix Solis, the uh, the drug lord at in season three, uh-huh. was hanging out with me in New York Comic Con. Wait, year. what? Yeah, dude, cool dude. He's a big Star Wars uh, G.I. Joe fan. All right, big- time out. Did you get contact information? Yeah, we're Facebook, uh, we're Instagram dudes. Yeah, that's your dude. Yeah, dude, he's a cool, dude. Oh man, is he yeah. from New York? He is from New York. Yeah, he's from New York, uh, Upper East Side. Um, cool dude, man. Real cool dude. He, we, dude, talk, going back to you know, I talk to people during New York Comic Con, right? Because they're not customers, they're fans. Right, right. So um, we just he came by the booth for bullshitting, and and we were talking about. Uh, you know, classic Star Wars, Kenner Star Wars. And, and um, I was like, okay, I, I need to know how much of a fan you are, right? And this mm-hmm. will, will let me know if you're just somebody who's eh, into it or somebody who's like balls deep into it. Yeah, yeah. Asked, Did he buy the crowdfunded Jabba Cell barks that came out a few years ago? And he goes, I got two of them. And I had a, <laughs> and he, goes, he tells me that I had a lie to my wife and say they were production gifts. I'm like, you're a fucking man. You're going to be friends for life, dude. <laughs> Yo, those so, things are fucking expensive, bro. Well, it was 500 when it came out. And it goes for like two grand now. Fuck, man. Yeah. But anyways, um, so when I saw him on Ozark, I was like, holy shit, that's Felix. Uh, awesome dude, man. Awesome so you, did, you didn't know him? You didn't know he was an actor at the time when you met him? I didn't. Somebody else did. And they were like, what had he done? Um, he was, he's a, he's a character actor that's been on uh, quite a few shows, um, a few series that only ran for like one season, a few cop shows. He was in, um, he was in the, uh, that FBI show where they were serial killers. They were looking for, uh, serial killers that ran two seasons. He was in the first season of that. Um, wait, Mindhunters on Netflix? Yes. He was in that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so he'd been in a, he'd been in a few things. So, uh, one of the guys that works at the booth with me was like, well, while Felix is talking to me, mm-hmm. he's like looking at him and Felix keeps looking at, at, at my buddy and he's like, yeah, yeah. Cause he wants to keep the conversation going with me. Right. 
He does, he's, he's like, like yo, is this dude hitting on me? What's going on? Why is he giving me the eyes? Yo, your man's tell him to back the fuck up. He just wants to talk toys, dude. He just wants to talk toys. But you had no idea who he was. Nah, bro. We were just, you just he was a fan. He's like, yo, Latino, coming over here to represent. Yeah, all right, man. let's go, man. Shoot the he shit. He's all the action figures and stuff like that, man. That's all it is. You know? And uh, he came back the next day, never even brought it up. He was like, oh, okay, you do that. Dude, you know, I know sell everybody. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, so when so he came back the next day, you already knew who he was. and you were just I knew who he was, and we spent uh, almost as much time we did talking the day before. No, did you ever tell him that you knew who he was? Uh, I might have, but even if I did, I didn't make a big deal of it. You didn't be like, oh, I, don't I know you from so-and-so? No, because I didn't, I didn't, I know I legitimately did not watch anything that he had done. Okay. Except for Mindhunters. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. And on Mindhunters, he was clean shaved. When he came to, uh, when he came to New York Comic Con, he had the beard goatee that he's got on Ozark. Oh, shit. Yeah, cool so, dude, man. Cool dude, bro. You know what the funny thing is? It's like, I've done a lot of shit in my career in the last fucking 25, 30 years. So I know a lot of celebrities. You're doing your thing. You know a lot of celebrities. So we're yeah. over here talking. I'm like, yo, just throw your dick on the table, bro. Fucking tell me. You, you run into and tell me about Palcon, man. Throw your dick on the table and tell me about Robert Rodriguez's cousin. Let's put him over a little bit. Oh, Alvaro Rodriguez. So Alvaro yo, that's Rodriguez. your boy. Yeah, dude. Cool dude, man. Um, so he's been working with Robert since the very first El Mariachi. And um, we bumped into each other at a convention in Philadelphia a Latino-based convention called Nertino. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had seen one episode of this animated series on Netflix called Seis Manos. Uh -huh. And I saw this guy, you know, with posters at the booth. Like, oh, cool, man. I, I've seen the show and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, I write it. I'm like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> so we just, we started bullshitting. And uh, we went back and forth, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm running a convention in Brooklyn. And he goes, I live in Brooklyn. I'm like, you want to come by the show and talk? You want to come by, uh, do a panel, talk about that show? He's like, of course. And in the time of us talking before he led up to the show, he goes, oh, yeah, so, you know, uh, when I worked with my cousin Robert, and I'm like, oh, okay. He kept, he kept talking about his cousin Robert. And I'm like, and then he brought up um, Danny Trejo, who was in almost everything that Robert Rodriguez has ever done. But he's also the voice of the bad guy in Seis Manos. Okay. And he'd known Daddy Trail since his the beginning of his acting career, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Wait a second, Danny Trail, Desperado, Robert Rodriguez. Wait, oh, you're Robert Rodriguez's cousin? <laughs> so, so again, I was like, you you know, be my best friend. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know him. I know you. I'm chilling with you, dude. You know what I mean? So, uh." Cool dude, you know what I mean? We grab burger, beer after the show, it's bullshit. Awesome guy, man. Awesome guy. Yeah. I hope Stace Manos gets a second series. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, no, I haven't. Okay, so let me put it over, right? Please. So you got Netflix. And you got an American-based show with a Spanish title mm -hmm. that deals with Kung Fu in Mexico and Brujeria at the same time. How does a show like that get sold? to Netflix, mm -hmm. you know? Um, anyways, if you watch the show, it, it's got um, Michael Coulter, who played Luke Cage, mm -hmm. uh, Danny Trejo, um, and a bunch of other actors who you know by face, but you don't know by name. You've seen stuff that they've done. Okay. And um, 
if you like that groundhouse, you know, feel, um, if you like Channel 5, uh, Saturday afternoon kung fu action, and if you like, I guess, the environment that's in Desperado, mm -hmm. you got to watch Chase Finals. Is, is this a uh, cartoon or live action? Dude, it's cartoon. It's All cartoon. Right. He, want, it was, oh, he it wanted yet. it to do live action, uh -huh. but they ended up... Uh, they ended up doing uh, animation. Um, and I think it works better as animation because you can get away with more. You can add more, you know, and uh, awesome shit, man. Awesome fucking shit. Robert Rodriguez is the Mexican Tyler Perry, hands down. Troublemaker Studios, dude. Before there was a Tyler Perry, man, I, I, I fucking admire. Don't get me wrong. I, I wish there was more of the old Robert Rodriguez because I tried to watch Alita Battle Angel and I got a lot of respect for the technology and all the shit he did. I, it's just, it's not for me. I didn't, I didn't watch. I, I didn't like Alita. I saw it. I watched it. Yeah, it's a long it's, flick. It's just not for me. And, I remember, uh, didn't see it, it was a Spielberg production, yeah. also, and his hands were in there. Yeah, um, I just yeah. wasn't. I'm not into that kind of shit. It's too much CGI. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. So, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. Couldn't get through the whole thing, but um, okay. but yeah, but like I, I liked his gritty stuff. Like I love From Dust Till Dawn. That's a fucking genius movie. Great. Yeah, I like that, but I, I can't. I didn't like the show. I'm sorry. And that's one of the shows that Avado was the lead writer on. Oh, and, okay. Dude, you know, I got like five, six episodes. I'll make sure I send him this episode of the podcast then. Dude, I told You know? And uh, you know, I got five, six episodes in, and I was just like, uh, it's not doing it for me. Yeah, dude. Not dude, doing it. Like, I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I was talking to my boy. That, that has a connect with Kevin Smith yesterday. And he was like, yo, did you get CJ and Silent Bob reboot? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah that was a fucking yeah. horror. But, you know, yeah. if I meet Kevin Smith, I'm like, hey, I had fun trying to sit through it. So it's just, but like. I'd rather watch Tusk again. Uh, yeah, man. Like, like for me, like Kevin Smith's career stopped at a screeching halt with Red State, which was completely out of his zone. But then when he started doing Tusk and yoga hosers, and I was like, eh, you know, it's, it's, he's not the same dude anymore. But fuck it, man. He's still a good guy. Well, let's see what he does with He-Man. Dude, I'm looking forward to that, man. And you know I, what I mean? I won't watch cartoons, but I'll watch that one. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't a He-Man fan. I wasn't either, but it's, it's Kevin Smith bringing He-Man, and I feel like it might transport me back to my childhood. Okay. A little weed will help, and then I could watch that, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's fucking awesome. Okay. Yo, like I want someone to do it. Like I don't. I like I can't do. It. If somebody's gonna do a movie, let me do the movie because I would do it right. Because the last two fucking suck. Of course. I'm not no, I love your resume. Your resume is amazing. Oh, yeah. GI Joe, baby. I yeah. want to see a GI Joe cartoon brought back. It has been three different times. Well, I got the DVDs that they did when they released the figure yeah. that come with a DVD, yeah. and I was like, that was pretty fun. And I was looking forward yeah, to they, they They did G.I. Joe uh, Sigma 6, G.I. Joe Resolute, G.I. Joe Renegades. Okay. So it's been rebooted a few times. See, I would make a G.I. Joe movie, um, but dark and gritty. Kind of like a Chris Nolan thing where it, where it's like in the real world, but it's not like all this super hyper technology, like what, how the way they fucked it up. Like, I would just make it like, these are soldiers, but they have their own unique gimmicks. Okay, and so you'd make the Expendables. No, 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 no. That's still tongue-in-cheek campy. I, I would make, I, I would make like like a g legit war film, like like a real fucking, but down gritty and dirty. But these would be characters you would remember, and they'd be unique and be an ensemble cast. And then I would be true to the action figures. 
They would wear what they what we bought, what we grew up with. But you can't. You can't do that. Yeah, man. Bring it, let's, bring up, let's bring up Captain America for a second. Okay, go. You can't wear what he wore, and they, and they made fun of it. Remember their very first Captain America flick? They used his, his Captain America suit when he was doing the USO tour, right? Yeah. And the only thing that transferred to film was that, uh, you know, the, uh, the airman suit that ended up being his, his main costume, right? The, the parachute, uh, the air trooper suit, right? Yeah, right, right. And then they went to, to the other darker costume that came out later. Is that everything translates? Like, like my version of G.I. Joe would be like the first Predator. Uh-huh. Like, like fucking Jesse the Body Ventura as Rakondo or fucking, like, I would have Bazooka wearing the fucking football jersey. And, yeah. you know, I would have, like, so it's authentic, but it's, like, down and gritty and, like, oh, shit. Like, oh, like, these are some bad motherfuckers. Not that it's all about technology. I'd give a little bit of, of a better story on how Destro no, got that mask on. Cobra I see, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Nah, you really? No. Yeah. Then they would shit all over my fucking movie then. Yeah, it wouldn't. I don't think it transforms. The, I mean, look at what they did right now. The only reason they, the only reason they make GI Joe into a live movie is because they're trying to sell toys him. Yeah, oh, excuse me. That's why they're doing Snake Eyes. That's what I'm talking about. The spinoff. That that movie's gonna shit the bed, bro. You made it. I mean, granted, popular character. You don't fucking talk. He doesn't need I, to. What, what's he going is this for the the ASL class? You gonna do fucking sign language the whole movie? I can't. Nah, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless, got unless you're showing him in the training, and then he takes that code of silence at the very end of the movie, and it's a right. it's a one one off, okay. But other than that, dude, they fucked that up pretty bad. They Bumblebee worked. Oh, you used to think Bumblebee worked? Did you see it? I saw it, but I'll probably never watch it again. No, I I, I guarantee you, I never watched it again. I think the first fifteen minutes of the Bumblebee flick was all you needed. The actual Transformers, the way they look, what you're talking about, the way they looked in the cartoon. Oh, you mean when they were on Cybertron? Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. That was awesome. Yo, when I saw Shockwave and his chest popped out and the fucking take, that was it. That, I, I could have jerked off right there. I would have nutted all of those screen. <laughs> you're doing it right now. You show the movie. Just um, <laughs> No, you had them. You had Soundwave. You had Soundwave and Shockwave. You confused them. Soundwave was oh, the Soundwave, right, right, right. Sh uh, Shockwave with the big laser gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he was in it too. He was in it too, yes. Holy shit, dude, yeah. When I saw that, I was like, that's my fucking childhood. The yeah. only thing that you'll get me in the movie to see another Transformer or G.I. Joe movie, you make that fucking mashup the way Marvel did it back in the days. Oh. Transformer. And yo, when I saw Bumblebee, I was convinced that John Cena was part of G.I. Joe. They were like, yo, send the military in to stop these fucking alien robots. And that was going to lead into G.I. Joe versus Transformers. And they fucked it up. And uh, John Cena will not have the career The Rock has. No, not at all. Not at all. Not a bad actor, but he's just... I mean, you can say that The Rock is a one-trick pony, too. He's just got more charisma. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He really does. Yeah, but Cena... I, although, did you see Blockers? Dude, Blockers was fucking funny. Blockers was funny. Listen, for him to take a, a a pipe up his ass with beer, I know it didn't happen, but you know, yeah. I mean, come on, dude. But you know, you, his chemistry with Leslie Mann and Ike Barinhold, yo, I yeah, know. all right, he's, I, got, he's got the comedy chops. It does. It worked. Yeah, it worked. I like seeing him going room to room, beating the shit out of kids. That was fucking daughter. <laughs> that worked. That worked. Yo, but how do you feel about him 
in a new Fast and Furious movie being the un, unknown brother of Dominic Toretto. Like I don't, I don't watch Fast and Furious. Oh, you don't watch Fast and Furious? That's not your no. shit? No, no. I'm not a Vin Diesel fan, bro. Motherfucker, you watch his worst movies. You won't watch the best ones. I know. I watch Triple yeah. Likes. Right. Uh, I'm gonna watch Pitch Black. I'm gonna watch The Last Witch Hunter. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch Bloodshot. But you won't watch Fast and Furious. I think I paid for it. <laughs> then don't pay for these, motherfucker. They are, they're available everywhere. What are you talking about? I know. I just can't. I, I'm sorry. I can't. I want to go back to leading men a minute before we were talking about Chadwick Boseman not being a good leader. Uh, I agree with you on that. I don't think, although he was great in 42, he was decent in uh, Get On Up playing uh, James Brown. He's, I didn't see the third good Marshall. He was great, he was great in Draft Day. In which one? You know? Oh, I didn't see Draft Day. It's the one with Kevin Costner? Yeah, yeah, he was great in that. Didn't um, see that. Did you see 21 Bridges? I haven't seen that one yet. I want to see it. I, um, so I, obviously I, I was reading a lot of the reviews, so I didn't go see it in theaters when it came out and they're like, yo, this movie was just designed. So this guy, they can turn him into the new Denzel. So it's just a bunch of long ass monologues. You start rolling your eyes like, oh dude, get back to the fucking movie and just stop preaching. I didn't, I didn't get that vibe. Um, the only thing with the movie is that it's too predictable. The minute okay. that Kay Simmons comes on the scene, like, oh, I know exactly what's going on here. And you figure okay. it out, but the movie has you going. He was good as a leading man, but I don't see him doing more than what he did in that film. Now, I could so be think, wrong. You think Denzel's son is a better leading man than Chadwick? Yes. He's I know. And I'm not saying that because he's Denzel's son. And I'm, uh, dude, I would pay to watch Denzel read a fucking phone book. Yes. But um, his son, like, I'm looking forward to Tenet. I loved him a lot. So in I, I think it was so a team that he didn't get nominated for that, but Adam Driver. So um, but dude, Denzel's son's got the chops. And the funny he thing does. is, like, the first time I ever saw him was on Ballers. I had no idea he was Denzel's son. I never, see, I didn't watch Ballers. Oh, good. Uh, so I didn't know that he was uh, a real football player. I didn't know either. Yeah. But I don't know if he made professional. I think he was college. I think he might have been on the practice squad in the NFL. Okay. But he, he didn't okay. make it to a team. Um, but he did get drafted. I, I don't know his whole history. The funny thing is, like, I, I watched him on Ballers. I was like, yo, this guy's. God, child, what else has he done? Like he caught, like his talent caught my attention and that I want to know more about him. Yeah. And the minute I was like, Denzel's son is in the fucking DNA, man. It's, it's, it's there. But he hasn't done much. He, did you know he was one of the little kids in the Malcolm X movie? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, Denzel tries to put him in a lot of little things here and there. Nice, like, nice, you know, nice. Great debaters or, or maybe even uh, okay. uh, some, something else. Uh, maybe, maybe remember the Titans. Little kid work, you know, extra work. Okay. Um, yeah, man, that guy's got a big future ahead of him. Thing is, he's small, so it's like okay, he might get typecasted. He doesn't have the size or the build, but dude, he's got. The yeah, choice. but look at Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is what five four, five five, probably. He's your height. <laughs> Yo, I might have an inch or two on Tom. <laughs> Yo, you would speaking of Tom fucking Cruise. You know what I want? Was it last night or the night before? Um, so funny thing about quarantine is that I've been catching, because there's nothing fucking new, I've been uh, catching up on all the old shit that I haven't seen. So five years ago, um, HBO put out this documentary called Going Clear about Scientology. Holy shit, bro. You want to talk about a cult. And then they focus on John Travolta and Tom Cruise. Yo, Tom. I Cruise, saw that. Yeah. You saw this documentary? Yo, he's all in. That shit is scary. 
Yeah. Like how that, that he seems like a very intellectual, very smart guy when he's not jumping on fucking Oprah sofas and shit like that. But yo, for real, like he can't see this shit. Like they're taking like thirty percent of his fucking paychecks or more. He can't they're not taking thirty percent of his paychecks at all. What do you mean they're not taking thirty percent of his paychecks? Come on, dude. If he's that high up, he's making money off of them too. All business. It could be. He might be part of the scam. But as long as that motherfucker keeps making Mission Impossible movies, I'm good. So, did you hear he wants to go up into space for the next Mission Impossible movie? Did you hear that the minute that, that they announced that he wants to go into space for Mission Impossible, that Doug Lehman was like, I got a script where we can shoot it in space. <laughs> so he's not, I don't know if he's doing Mission Impossible in space, but he's doing another movie in space and they're filming in space, bro. Is he trying to be like the white Jackie Chan? Is that it? Yo, let, let him, I don't give a fuck. Look at my crazy stunts. Take my money now. Because, dude, yo, I love him. He's fucking awesome. Aye, aye, aye. Like, dude, he fucking learned how to, how to fly a fighter jet pilot for the new Top Gun movie. Okay. I'm okay. pumped for that, dude. He strapped okay. himself to a fucking plane for Mission Impossible. Okay. Dude, I'm in. I'm in. Love Tom Cruise. I, whatever his beliefs are, keep it to yourself. Yo, 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 Tom Cruise, my dude, man. Definitely right. fucking dude, man. But um, what do you want? So since you've watched everything, what, what do you got coming up? What, what's on deck for you? Uh, what's on deck? Well, like I said, we wanted to see Artemis Fowl. I want to see uh, The Last Days of American Crime on Netflix. Uh, um, that movie got such horrible reviews. Really? Yo, it's got like an instant zero on Rotten Tomatoes. They're like, there's only a handful of movies that have ever gotten that, and that's one of them. Damn, man. Yeah. And dude, I like, um, fuck, what's his name? Spanish dude that was in, uh, he was in Domino. He was in the New Point Break. Yes. Not Diego Luna, the other dude. Uh, Edgar Ramirez. He's okay. the lead there, dude. Good fucking, he played um, um, Roberto Duran in Hands of Stone. Right. right I like right. him, but. I don't know if I'm sitting through that shit. Really? Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to that. Yeah, man. I... Damn. 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 Listen, I don't mean to break your heart. Go watch it, but don't fucking say I didn't warn you. Because uh, you know what? I, I finally saw, um, uh, oh, my God, the, the Ben Affleck, Oscar. Uh... Oh, Oscar Isaac? Yeah, what was Final Frontier? Triple Frontier? Yeah, dude, that was a good movie. Really? You didn't like right. it? Dude, once the helicopter crashed, I'm like, they're going to eat each other alive. I know this. <laughs> so, you know, I turned it off. Dude, it was a good flick. And yo, and when I, they killed Affleck, you were like, what the fuck? They killed Affleck. You were like, yo, the movie's solid. Yeah. You didn't See, know they killed Affleck? No, I stopped it after the helicopter crash. <laughs> Dude, that, that's the whole movie, is that they're fucking trying to pull off this heist, the helicopter crash, and I have, like, how the fuck do I get out of here now? Yeah. You they they can't. I tell you, no, I knew nobody was making it out of there with the move, with the money. Dude, check it out. Solid flick. Good. good. Now, I'm not going to say great. I'm not going to put it on. But I'm just saying it's worth your time. Okay. Motherfucker, you were just about to watch Artemis Fowl. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's true. That's true. Dude, I mean, like, I'm probably going to watch, um, like, I have my list for the weekend, so I, I think I'm going to get into, uh, I might watch that Capone movie we're talking about. Okay. I'm not expecting big things out of it. 
Um, I got The Five Bloods on there, Spike Lee's new movie in Vietnam. Okay. Bozeman's in that. So I want it's to on Netflix, this. right? On Netflix, right? Okay, maybe we'll check um, that out. And then what dropped today was, uh, I don't know if, you, if you're a fan of his, I'm not a big fan, but it looks interesting enough, is uh, Pete Davidson's King of Staten Island. Yeah, I'm going to stay with no, you. Not a, what, what don't you like about it? What, what's, what's holding you off? I don't like him. You don't like him as a comedian, like as, as a person, as an actor? As a comedian, I, I don't find him funny. I tried to watch his stand-up. I couldn't get into, like, the first five minutes. Yeah, he, he, he's an awkward cat to try yeah, to connect with. But this is, this is, yo, it's written and directed by Judd Apatow. And it's loosely based on his life. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, yeah, his father okay. died in 9-11. So it's kind of, like, deals with that, too. It doesn't get it with the 9-11 stuff, but it's just that his father died as a firefighter. And Wait, Apatow's or, or, or? No, uh, uh, Pete Davidson. Okay. His father was one of the um, the firefighters that went down in the buildings. Oh man! So they they're using that loosely, but that his father died in the fire as a as a fireman, but not yeah. using nine eleven as a backdrop. Okay. So I figured, you know, it, it's a good it's a good watch. Um, but yo, man, outside of the things that we we can watch, yeah, what are some of the things that you're gonna fucking miss because of COVID? What what are some of the things that were like coming up that you expect to see this summer? Or, or even this fall or this holiday season, they're like, yo, you know, we're going to push this back for a year. Like, uh, definitely Black Widow. I wanted to see right. that. Um, that would have been the first movie in phase four? Yes. Okay. Okay. I wanted yeah. uh, to see that. I, I don't know what else was supposed to come out. Well, Wonder Woman, they haven't necessarily pushed out yet, right? They, oh, I forgot. That was, no, it was supposed to come out also. Yeah, Wonder uh, Woman was one. What else was supposed to come out? Um... I don't know, man. Dude, like, I've been in a haze. I can't, I can't say I haven't. I've been in a haze, man. Yeah, uh, man. It's weird coming home and not having, like, a new trailer. I want to, down to. I want to see Tenet. I want, yeah, dude, definitely. Definitely. You know? But here's my thing, though, man. Like, Christopher Nolan makes these event films, right? So yeah. it's like, oh, everything's top secret. You don't know what's going on. And I'm going to release it. I was like, all right, I, I get it. You're that guy now. That's, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Dude, Dunkirk was a piece of shit. Interstellar, not that fucking good. No, I didn't like Interstellar. And this one is starting to look more and more like Inception. So I'm like, Nolan, what the fuck are we doing here? Right, 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 right. Uh, I, I love Christopher Nolan, but I'm starting to get a little stale. Stranger Things coming out on Netflix? Which it's, one? Uh, Stranger Things, right? It's coming out on Netflix, ain't it? I don't know. I don't know. Did They, they dropped a, a teaser for that? I don't know. I could have sworn that there was a teaser and they showed uh, Hopper like in, in Russia or something like that with a shaved head. Maybe. They did, right? Maybe. Dude, I, I, maybe, I, dude for all I know, the last episode of The Walking Dead didn't drop because they were still working on post-production on it. They were working on the effects. So now I got one fucking episode from this season that are going to drop sometime this year. Like, dude, really? Come on. You know, I stopped watching Walking Dead years ago. Oh, get out of here. When, when did you give up on it? Uh, when did I give up on it? Around the time they introduced Negan. So that was the last season I watched. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, this, this is one of, one, of those, one of those shows where I'm waiting for them to, to put an end to it. Because it's, it's... Yeah, wait. There's how many spinoffs that they got coming out of? Yeah, dude, I can't anymore. Fuck these spinoffs, man. It, it's, it's not... I don't know, man. But uh, I'm, I'm going to run down some news. You give me your quick thoughts on it before we wrap it up over here, man. Yeah, shoot, so, shoot. Um, Tenant. 
it, it, it announced today it just got pushed back. They're still going to give it a theatrical release. They want that IMAX money, but they're pushing it back to July 31st. Good idea or bad idea to get people back in the movie theaters? Bad idea. Why? Obviously There's- COVID, but you, you think it's too soon? Yeah. But do you think this is a way to... I mean, you know, the reports are out there that some of these movie theaters like AMC are about to go bankrupt. You don't think there's a way to maybe save them, even though it's risking lives? It's time to break through, see what comes up next. You, you think that ten, a movie like Tenant or a big tentpole movie like that, where they spent $250 million to make, should go directly to on-demand streaming? They spent it, not me. All right. With that said, do you think that moving forward, they'll stop investing so much money if this is the new way? Yes. I mean, yo, they haven't done too many movies where they've released it. Like they're it's like. Funny. Um, um, if you have any more questions, please watch the documentary series going behind Mandalorian. What, what do you mean? Because there's an answer to what you just asked. Okay. All right. Fair uh, enough. Will they stop spending two hundred fifty million on a movie? Yes, because. The Mandalorian TV show has changed the way things are produced. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, you want you didn't want me to go into spoilers. Once you get to that, I think it's episode three or four. Mm-hmm. They showed you what uh, thing they invented that John Favreau has been working on for his last three flicks. Okay, to help them produce the Mandalorian, and you're gonna be like, holy shit! I saw that shot. On TV, when the episode came out, I can't believe that's how it was made. Interesting. All right. I'll definitely check it. The reason why I ask is because you look at a movie like Joker, which I know you didn't like, but that was done with a minuscule budget. Yeah. And look at what it did. Big, booming fucking business. You look at, at um, um, I, I forget the guy's name because I can't fucking pronounce it. I don't want to botch it now. Um, but the guy who did Upgrade, and now he did The Invisible Man, and he took okay. these concepts and just like, right. For under ten million dollars, and like boom, big fucking right. hit the returns. Don't get me wrong. Is there uh, um, do certain movies deserve that much put into it? Yes. Would Avengers been Aven- Avengers Endgame been Avengers Endgame if they didn't have much have that much money? No, it wouldn't have been. Um, but does every movie deserve um, you know a three figure million dollar budget? No. I, and I agree with you. Like a movie like Avengers Endgame needs that money in order to make it what it is. Without that money, it's it's fucking it's right. Sunday morning cartoons. But at the same time, does every fucking movie need this? Can they can they get a little simpler? No. Can they stop fucking with all the toys? Is James Cameron right. have to make four fucking sequels to Avatar that we don't? Tell me about it. Want? I didn't even like the first Avatar. No, the first one sucked. And dude, I don't. First of all, I don't see anybody out there dressing up as avatars. I don't see anybody talking about that movie. You want to give me? I can understand one. Maybe one return to Pandora do something. You fucking guaranteed four sequels. Go fuck yourself, James Cameron. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Fuck that shit. I'm not seeing it. I'm done. Next topic. Bill and yeah. Ted. Did you see the trailer? I did. What'd you think? Uh it it hits all the right nostalgic notes. Did you see the first two in the eighties? Yeah. I never did. In the theaters. In the theaters. Oh. You paid for that. Okay. Here's yeah. my thing though, and I'm not trying to be racist here. It was too white for me. I couldn't connect with dudes like, yo, gnarly dude, that's excellent, right on, man. It's not for me. I couldn't get into it. I didn't watch it. I see it now, and I'm like, you know what? I'm glad because what's what's old is new again. But watching that trailer, it's not, I, as far as I know, I don't think it's getting a theatrical release, but that looks like a straight-to-Netflix movie. Keanu Reeves is riding the second phase of his career like a phoenix. Keep going, baby. 
yo, I love Keanu Reeves. And if anything, I will watch it solely for yeah. him. Yeah. Speaking of Keanu Reeves, Matrix 4, John Wick 4 was originally supposed to drop on the same day. Keanu yes. fucking battling with himself. What do you think yeah. about another Matrix movie? And what do you think about the John Wick franchise? Uh, I don't think another Matrix movie was needed. Uh, the John Wick franchise, keep it going. Here's it's better than Fast and Furious franchise. What did you think of Parabellum? I think it was just one straight two-hour action flick. I think it was upgrade with a little bit of story. See, my thing was, dude, I love... You know me. When it comes to sequels, I like... One of my favorite sequels of all time, simply because it happens two minutes after it ends, is Halloween 2. Fucking Halloween 1, Michael Myers down there. Right. Man's gone. Halloween 2, motherfucker comes down the stairs. Where is he? I love fucking sequels that pick up right where you left off. Right. That's, why, that, that's why I like the Spanish version of Wreck 2. Oh, yes! Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. One of the best horror films I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, but going back to Keanu Reeves' Parabellum, I liked it, but it was hard for me to get back into the movie because of that scene where he's riding the horse underneath the train and it's supposed to be Manhattan. Yeah. That's really Mac, uh, McDonald Avenue in Brooklyn underneath the train. Uh, that was where they shot the French Connection. Uh -huh. You know, the, one of the most iconic scenes, car chase scenes ever. Um, so that took me out of the disbelief moment for a minute. And it was hard to get back in because I'm like, oh, you know. Um, and I'm not a big Mark DeCascos fan. Who's Mark DeCascos? He, he was the fanboy, uh, sushi chef. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so, you know, just him being there and doing the whole, um, oh, just let me catch my breath. Let me catch my breath, John. The great fight, right, John? Great fight. I'm like... I know where they were going with it. He was a fanboy, but it just didn't translate well for me. But that, that takeover scene in the hotel was fucking amazing. And, um, you know, seeing Winston in the, in the safe slash safe room, mm -hmm. um, you know, just hit a remote control, open up, and the guys just kept in, kept coming back in and, you know, reloading, um, resupplying the ammunition, not saying a word, and just... This one knew what that one wanted. That one knew what this one wanted. They just had it ready. I like those. I like that uh, form of communication where there's no speech involved. Just, I know you. I know you. Here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. That was great. So there was lots of highs and lows in the flip. See, my, my problem with it was that I love the movie. Like I said, it picks up exactly where the other one left off. Yeah. I love the first half hour. It's just nonstop action. Like, fuck. Yeah. The clock is running. They're after your ass right now. You got nowhere to hide. Yeah. By the time they met up with Holly Berry, I was fucking winded. And then when he goes to the desert, I'm like, oh, God. Like, like, I, like I didn't need that. But then by the time he's fucking having that battle and the sushi chef dude that he's fighting with, yo, I felt like I was the one in the fight. And I walked out of the theater fatigued. I was like, yeah. I never thought I would say that's right. too much action for one movie. But what fucking ruined it for me was the bump he took at the end of the movie off the top of the building and then disappeared. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, funny. Come on, man. Give me. See, no, see, that didn't kill it for me. What killed it for me was knowing that, or excuse me, feeling that the Halle Berry scenes was nothing more than um, trying to build a franchise spinoff. Her spinoff, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I don't need. I didn't. I didn't come to see that. I didn't come to see that. Yo, Keanu. 
like I said, you, you nailed it with him saying that he, he's enjoying the second round of, of, of his career at this age. Yeah. He's back, something that he's familiar with in the Matrix. Yeah. He's got the fucking John Wick franchise. I try to enjoy it. I know you don't watch those fucking movies, um, the, the Fast and Furious movies, but supposedly there's a rumor with the spinoffs, the Hobbs and Shaw film. With the right, first of all, that fucking movie, you want to talk about cartoons and comic books, you can get some inspiration. 100%. They are full of fucking shit, okay? It's so bad that it's fucked that they're comedies, but they're I talking about. Know. I'd rather watch that than watch Fast and Furious. How fucked up was that? Yo, that fucking Hobson Shaw movie was pure shit, all right? It was fucking hilarious. But, so bad. It was so bad that it was good. In a, in a perfect world, what if the voice that was leading Idris Elba? That that uh-huh. voice and whatever the fuck it was, they're saying that that might be Keanu Reeves. Would you okay. watch a showdown between The Rock, Jason Statham, and Keanu Reeves going head yeah. up? Yes, dude, that's that's some money right there. Take my money. I'm, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next topic: Henry Cavill. Now we know okay. about the Snyder Cut, which is something okay. we got to discuss really quick. But uh, Henry Cavill may be back as Superman but not okay. necessarily having his own standalone movie. He becomes okay. the Hulk of the DC universe. Where he I'm okay with that. I'm okay I'm, with that. I'm feeling that too. I like because it. Nobody, uh, unfortunately, nobody's known how to handle Superman all these years. So if you don't know how to build around him, then just use him as the figurehead that he is. But what, why do you feel – so you don't think Snack Zide, excuse me, Zack Snyder knocked it out of the park with fucking Man of Steel? I love that movie. The, no. No, I don't. I was wow. lost. All right. Uh, Superman's biggest strength is not his muscles. Superman's biggest strength is his heart. I'm going to get another beer. Keep talking. All right, good. Uh, I'll just talk to the wall. So anyway, so his biggest, yeah. Um, his biggest, his biggest strength is his heart. And when he took out Kevin Costner, he kind of lost his moral compass. That was powerful, dude. Because... When they focus on the kid, like when when he when he saved him from the bullies, he was like, "You can't fucking kick their ass because then they'll know you're different." And people yeah. are talking, and then he loses that guidance from a human father, and he well, has okay. to I, the world on his own. I liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I really do. I really, really did. Um, but dude, that that moment in the tornado where he's like, "I can save my dad," and he's like, "Don't," because there's too many people watching. Hold, how can you not fucking like yo? Okay. Okay, let me ask you this question. Yes. You have a dog. You've had dogs your entire life. Yes. All right? Something goes, there's a fucking snake three blocks away. Your dog is going to fucking run after that snake the second you open up that door, right? Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did the dog stay in the car? The dog should have been the first one out. They know trouble. So, so you're saying Zack Snyder misdirected the dog? I think so. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? With um, look, I, I liked some of it. I didn't like all of it. Um, Superman is window dressing. That's what he is. Plain and simple. The way you use zombies to tell a, a characterization story, zombies are the window dressing. Superman should just be the window dressing. Right look, what, what I loved about Zack Snyder's Superman uh, is what they never showed in any other Superman movie. What? That here's this guy who comes yeah. to Earth. He uh-huh. can fly. He can shoot. He's got ridiculous power. He can shoot fucking lasers from his eyes. And I was like, oh my God, you're a hero. Thank you so much. I'm like, yo, hold the fuck up. How did you do that? 
Where did you come from? Where? And they never called him Superman. He was a fucking alien. They treated him like, 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 yeah. like uh, he came from another planet, which he did. Like, they treated that in the reality that it should have always been treated. And then he had to prove himself to the humans before they accepted him as their savior. But until then, dude, yo, they played that movie, right? That's the first time I've ever seen the destruction. But of is, is he a savior? Is he a savior? From what Does we he, know. He doesn't ask to be a savior. No. But he's got the godlike powers to be that savior. He just doesn't know that's his mission. That that's what he was sent here for. And he's got that, that conflict. No, I, but he's not. That's not what he was sent here for. He wasn't sent here he's to a He's a refugee. He's a refugee. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's a refugee. But of all okay. the planets, why send them here? Because they knew that his power, one, would better humanity. Right? Eh. Wasn't that his symbol of hope? What are we talking about now? Are we talking about when the two uh, Jewish kids, uh, 18 and 19 years old, made Superman back in the 30s? Are we talking about Richard Donner's Superman, who um, had Marlon Brando ad-lib his lines and totally change uh, the course of Superman? To reflect what was happening in the movies. All right, so you're probably because I wouldn't know how to how to answer this question or, or what the oh. origin is. So the S on his chest from the comic books mm-hmm. stood for what? The first letter of his name, Superman, right? Yes. Zack Snyder, and as much as I can shit on Zack Snyder all day for what he did to Dawn of the Dead, took that character and said, "How would he? Why would he call himself a Superman? Why would it? That was the." They, that's not even a fucking alphabet where we come from. It's just a symbol of hope. So to change that fucking emblem on his chest and give it a different meaning, when he comes here, he doesn't know what to do. He's raised by human parents who are trying to teach him, say, yo, don't use your powers. They're not ready for that right now. Let me raise you as a human so you can have morals right. and values and the American way and all this other stuff. Dude, to me, th- there was so much there that's, not, that's underappreciated in Man of Steel. Okay. Okay, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um... Look, I liked Henry Cavill. I did. And there was a lot of things that I liked about the movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. I'm more nitpicking than anything else. I'm more nitpicking with Wonder Woman than anything else. I don't think Wonder Woman was a bad movie. Uh, but, you know. All right. So if Henry Cavill wouldn't come back uh-huh. to recast as Superman, who, who, who has that, I don't want to say influence, but, but who, who can fill those shoes? Who can wear that cape? See, I don't think you cast a major person as Superman. Okay. Well, Henry I think cast- was pretty much unknown when he was cast. Ah, but he'd done some things prior to that. You know, he'd been acting for a while. He'd been acting since he was a kid. He was. He- but like, I think everybody's go-to before he was cast was Army Hammer because he was just the tall, pretty-looking guy. No, Army Hammer was supposed to be Batman. Really? Yeah, well, George Miller uh, did the script, uh, was doing Justice League, Army Hammer was Batman. Right. Henry Cavill came back then. So, who had they talked about about being Superman at the time? I don't, I, I don't remember. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm starting to get things confused. Henry Cavill was going to be, yeah, right. Henry Cavill was going to be Superman, and then something, or he screen tested for Superman, and then they chose Brandon Ralph, something like that. Um, Are you talking about um, Brian Singer Superman? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I know. It was bad. I know. I know. I know. That movie, to, to me, that movie only has one. It was a lot better than that one. I get you. I get you. Um, see, I go back to like the way Tim Burton casted Batman. 
-hmm. you cast the villain as the heavy name. You find the big name to be the villain. And then you cast uh, cast a lesser known character as, as Superman. So you didn't like Michael Shannon as General Zod? I did not like Michael Shannon as General Zod. Was and it, I liked Michael Shannon. I was going to say, was it the casting of Michael Shannon or was it the way they made General Zod where he was more military than Terrence Stamp was? Because uh, if you think about it, man, General Zod in, in Zack Snyder's version wasn't necessarily a villain. He was still doing it for the humanity of his planet. He was out there. He was a soldier. Right. See, that's, again, like, all right, not because he was military, because when you look at the early comics of, of General Zod, mm -hmm. he looked like Joseph Stalin. You know, wow. he had the, he had, you know, a big hat and he had uh, badges and he had the... Oh, no shit. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just know Neil before Zod, and to me, Terrence Stamp is always my Terrence Stamp, right, right. Terrence Stamp is... Terrence Stamp became God at that moment. But, um, whatchamacallit, uh, yeah, he didn't... Michael Shannon didn't do it for me as Zod, man. See, I, I, I didn't mind it. Dude, like I said, I love Man of Steel. I really think that's one of the greatest comic book movies of all time. It's a you know what? The, the, whole, the goatee didn't do it for me. They're just... Right, uh, maybe. Uh, okay. I, uh, I, thought, I thought you might have been like, oh, the space suits and all the other shit they got and, and, and the bootleg Ursa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, His whole team was just bad. It was just, eh. So what are your thoughts on the Snyder Cut? We don't need it. You don't think so? They're even done. Move on. So here's the thing. So when, when Joss Whedon got the helm of, of, of Justice League, he ended up taking a lot of liberties. And supposedly what Zack Snyder is saying is that you haven't seen 75% of the film that you saw was not his. So it's Sorry. a total different take on the characters. Now, here's my problem, though. Batman versus Superman, to me, was the subpar sequel to Man of Steel because it picked up with Bruce Wayne saying, who is this fucking guy destroying my kill all these people almost like a 9-11 incident and blaming the alien for it until he understood who the alien was and the alien had to understand who he was too Second, because they both had the same bomb right right and then, but until you get to the Martha Martha and the fucking abomination character at the end I was like oh god so the, the fucking third act let's go, back, let's go back to superheroes for a second right? yeah Batman doesn't use guns no plain and okay plain and simple dude Right, and he had Gatling guns on the fucking Batmobile. That doesn't work for me. Zack Snyder always wanted to do Batman, but he couldn't. So what does he get? The second biggest comic book franchise in Superman, and then he tries to find a way to backdoor Batman into it, mm. and then it becomes whatever Batman, Superman, Civil War, whatever it was. It was just, and then, you know, you backdoored Wonder Woman into that, and. and uh, See, all the criticism that came out of Batman and Superman is, oh, there's too much talking, too much this, too much. I'm like, yo, that's the development. That's the deep dive into these characters and letting these guys become actors instead of just superheroes so you can understand them better. When they become superheroes, like, oh, fuck, here we go, the CGI porn. I don't want to see that shit. I love right. the building of Bruce Wayne, the, the fact that, that he had his demons, the fact that he blames Superman for certain things, the, the history that you okay. Man from Man of Steel. So I thought going to Justice League when I had seen the original trailers of Batman saying he had those folders and those files, like, yo, there's others out there with these mm -hmm. abilities. Let me go find them and try to convince them that as a unit we can go out and defeat these fucking, what do you call it? I didn't get that from, I got that maybe the first half hour of Justice League, but the rest of that movie, total ass. 
So I'm yes. wondering what Zack Snyder had planned, giving him the credit of what he did with Man of Steel, giving him what he did with the first half of Batman. You're talking about, you're talking about Dark Side. You're talking about more Green Lanterns. You're talking about talking the more Jack, more military. Right, the general from the U.S. military really being um, the Martian Manhunter, yeah. John Jones. Um, what you call it? This guy is death as Deathstroke. That's another thing. I do not like this kid from uh, uh, Zombie World. What Zombie Land? What's his name? oh Jesse Eisenberg? Oh, I don't like him. I would give him a shot though, man, because he to me he was like the Mark Zuckerberg. He was like this nerdy genius that came up with a great idea, like face. I, I was okay with it. Not everything needs to be dark and dirty, dude. That's my style. That's why Jeez. I connected was, with was Captain America Winter Soldier dark and dirty? Joker was. It was what's up? Joker was. Shit won Oscars. But see, that's not the movie I like. I'm not saying you can't make it. Okay. I'm not saying it's gonna be made. I'm just saying that's not the kind of movie I like. I like Sucker Punch. People hated Sucker Punch. People shit on Sucker Punch to this day. I like Sucker Punch. Mm -hmm. I liked Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. I fucking liked it. Hey, I think it's time to wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about that. Yo, talk what? Dude, you can't speak because you don't even know the 78 version of Dawn of the Dead. Do you need it? Do you what do you mean it? you don't fucking need it? Look, Zack Snyder made a good zombie movie, but naming it Dawn of the Dead and putting it in the mall, fuck you or you breathe. Yeah, don't let, yo, let me tell you something about Dawn of the Dead. A few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago, I interviewed Ken Forey from the original Dawn of the Dead, and he had a cameo in Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. He was like, mm -hmm. check it out, dude, YouTube channel. I saw him there. He, yo, he knows they fucked that up. Okay. I still liked it. Yeah, well, you're the dude that fucking, when you used to work in some store, which I'm not going to name the store right now, but I'm sure that the, uh, what do they call that shit when they can't arrest you for something that you committed because there's too much time that passed? Um, what do they call that shit? You know what I'm talking about, though, right? Huh? The, 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 you know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, you stole a fucking DVD, a three-disc of Bounce with Ben Affleck and Gwyneth fucking Paltrow. Who the fuck steals that? First of all, that movie shouldn't exist. Second of all, whoever fucking came up with the concept of making the three discs needs to go fuck themselves. Third of all, why the fuck did you steal that movie? What the fuck is wrong with you? What the fuck? Why would you steal a three? Did you even watch the other two discs of Bounce? Did you watch the special features and the commentaries and the making of the behind the scenes of Bounce? Get the fuck out of here. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Yo, no credibility. No movie credibility. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're quiet because you know it's fucking true. It's all right. <laughs> Anyways, limitations. Like That's what it is. Statute of limitations. I like doing it. I, okay. I think you have exceeded the statute of limitations for stealing a three disc version of Bounce. Stop! Just stop! Just Did stop. you ever watch the other two discs? <sighs> oh my Oh, <laughs> oh, it's on the other two discs. I don't know why it needed two discs. It's bad enough you made the movie. Why the fuck do you need two discs to tell me how bad? Maybe if they would say, yo, this movie's bad, and then the fucking third disc was you actually, there was the security footage of you stealing the movie, then I would I would have fucking stolen it too. <laughs> but, yo. <laughs> All right. Okay, so.
Who the fuck right, goes so- on, on, on a fucking shoplifting spree like, yo, I got to have that. Let me get this shit right here. <laughs> Nobody looking. <laughs> yo, when I get home tonight, that Ben Affleck Gwyneth Paltrow 3 disc, that's it. I got my weekend set. <laughs> I, think, I think we're done. All right, have a good night. <laughs> Let me go. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got you. Peace. No, it's been fun, my dude. We got to do <laughs> New York versus the world, unstoppablecomics.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. You trying to sell some T-shirts now? <laughs> you trying to sell some so that way you can buy the sequel? You don't have to steal that one. <laughs> okay. Yo, man, nobody wants to see your gut. Get that. Yeah, I know. You got T-shirts. You got all sorts of merch on the site. Show me the pint glass again. Let me see that. Show there me the cup of milk. There we go. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> Yo, unstoppablecomics.com, pick up all your fucking Shielding Interceptor, Dragonstorm, New York versus the world, the Storm Chasers, everything out there. You want Marvel knockoffs? This motherfucker's got them. <laughs> Can't wait for your next movie. <laughs> unstoppablecomics.com. Yo, get your shit. Peace. All, all joking aside, man, yo. Thank you for the diversity. Thank you for fucking being a voice of the people out there. Thank you for your time, and thank you for being my brother, man. We got, All right, my man. Yo, we got a lot more to talk about, but, you know, people only got so much time listening to these podcasts. Let's do it again yeah. soon, my dude. Sounds good, brother. All right, brother. Love you. That's All it. Right. It's been episode, whatever episode it's been, Midnight Hustle. That's J.D. Rosario. This is Derek Gordon. We out this bitch. Later. <laughs>